Welcome back to October Scarefest, where we're continuing our celebration and tribute of West Craven. All things West Craven, we call it Westober. Uh, last week we did Deadly Friend, which I liked, and I think Matt and Haunted did not like. Is that you said that we liked it earlier, but we don't like it. Yeah, okay. it's pretty rough. Yeah. Um, and then this week we did Shocker, 1989 uh, film, which is just a couple years after Deadly Friend. I have a lot of good memories of this film. I, I remember catching it on, I think, Monster Vision. I think I remember snippets of it. I don't think I watched it all the time as a kid. Yeah. Um, but I had nothing but good memories of it. Uh, I remember it being a lot of fun. I didn't remember being scary at all. I remember that VHS cover at Blockbuster. Of him sitting in the yeah. chair? Yeah. yeah. It's a good cover. Yeah, yeah I didn't realize it was Skinner from Skinner. Um, X-Files at the time. Yeah. But... He's terrifying in this movie. Yeah, no, I, he, he looks bigger on the Dude, cover. Dude, he's a beefcake in this, man. He is <laughs> huge in this movie. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think you call them beefcakes. Yeah. <laughs> well, other than that, we also... go to the gym and you're like, man, look at all these beefcakes. <laughs> you mean guys? <laughs> you mean gentlemen? Gentlemen? Well, basically, the movie has um, kind of a smaller cast. Not, nothing too big, uh, except for our, our main actor, who is Peter Berg. Now director. He's now a director. I don't know if I've seen him in anything else as an actor. He was in a lot of crap movies back in the That's 90s. what I kind of figured. Oh, Great White Hope. And yeah. he was in... Uh, those aren't crap movies, Great, but... Great, Great White, White Hope. Hype. He was in Great White Hype, yeah. and he was in Copland. Copland, yeah, he's good in Copland. Yeah, and then um, uh, he was in another movie. Uh, never mind, ask that. But uh, he directed um, the Rundown. That we yeah, did, previous episode. Now I feel like we just talked about him. What other? Okay, we talked about in the last podcast other stuff he's made. Recently, he's become like quite the like go-to director for things. Yeah, I don't say he's the go-to director for things. I think he's just kind of Mark Wahlberg's buddy. I would say he's the go-to director for Mark Wahlberg. That's movies. really yeah. That's all I think it is. I don't. He just think... came out with a movie though with Mark Wahlberg. What was Mile, it? Mile twenty-two. Yeah, and it kind of heard it was kind of a stinker. Was it really? Yeah, because it was kind of a quiet release. Mm-hmm. And then, I don't even think I saw that trailer. Was cool. It. I like the trailer a was lot. The trailer cool. Yeah, yeah. Patriots Day was really cool. I never seen it. Uh, and then Rundown was cool. Lone Survivor. I didn't see Battleship. I didn't see Lone Survivor. I heard Lone Survivor is actually pretty cool. It's pretty intense. He did I mean, Deep Water Horizon, which yeah, I think it was another Mark Wahlberg. Another Wahlberg, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I think that and Patriots Day came out basically back to back. Dude, okay. yeah, actually, he's probably made a movie every year for the past like three or four years now that I'm thinking about it. Yeah. I think his first, well, he also did the Friday Night Lights movie. Yep. And he actually did a movie I watched recently, which is not, it's one of those movies I don't know if I like or not. Shocker? No. Wait, oh, was it a shocker? Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, this movie called Very Bad Things. Mm. Oh, yeah. That also, movie is... I feel like I just talked about this a few weeks ago, but uh, Christian Slater, John Favreau, Daniel Stern, me. Jeremy um, Piven. Jeremy Piven, uh, Cameron Diaz. Yeah. Like, it's a pretty uh, stellar cast. I think nobody... They didn't really... They mark it as, like, comedy, but it's, it's actually... It's a very, very dark It's like comedy. Heathers-esque, like, dark comedy. Yeah, because what's the plot of it, again? They go to Vegas to celebrate John Favre getting married to Cameron Diaz, and Jeremy Piven accidentally kills a hooker when he's having sex with her. Mm-hmm. He puts her head through a coat rack. Yeah. And so they have to hide the body, and they don't want to tell anybody. And then more people die when they try to hide that body, and then well, more people it's, die. It's they more against each other. I say it's more like people can't contain the secret of you know killing somebody. Yeah. And so Christian Slater ends up being like kind of the bad guy. And, and they so all just—they're all kind of against each other, and it's like really tense and just chaotic. It's not a fun movie. No, 
I can imagine a bunch of like bros gonna go see that movie back in the nineties. You're like, man, let's go see this movie. It looks fun, man. You see the cast? Oh yeah, like, yeah. It's a bunch of beefcakes. I think it's a bunch my mom- of beefcakes. <laughs> <laughs> and then they go there and it's just like, man, this isn't fun. This is the opposite of fun. Yeah, my mom decided to come home, so I'm gonna leave the theater right now. This is a very, very dark movie. <laughs> but uh, other than Peter playing Jonathan, we have Mitch Plagey who plays our main antagonist, uh, Horace Pinker. Who does a good job in it? You can tell he's having fun with it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah very far from uh, his current role at the time was Skinner. Oh no, never mind. This would be I, this, this would be a year before so. X Files, right? X Files year? No, X Files. Because this is no X Files is what ninety two, ninety one, I believe. Is it ninety one? Yeah. Did X Files and Twin Peaks come out at the same time? No, sorry. No, X Files is ninety four. Yeah, oh. X Files is ninety four. Oh, wow. Okay, it's up yeah. there. Okay, okay, never mind then. Yeah, our years are off. <laughs> uh, Audience, please erase all the crap that we just said. <laughs> well, some things I've read, it says that he's in Return of the Living Dead 2. I don't remember that. I don't know about but that. But he is quoting that. Uh, Death Wish 4. Um, I need to go buy... Actually, I need to... I was going to buy uh, Return Wish. of the Living Dead 2. Oh, that was in the, the Death, Death, Wish Death Wish 4 action pack. To complete my collection. <laughs> no, I was going to buy uh, Return of the Living Dead 2 because it just got released by Shout Factory on Blu-ray. Yeah, I sold that. It's pretty sweet edition. It being that good though, I remember it being fun. Really? Wait, number I, two? We watched two like two years ago. I don't I think, think I we like had two. Much fun with it. I honestly, I, I think fell I fell asleep. I believe that doesn't shock me. <laughs> I think I like two better than one. Really? I think one's pretty seller as it is. Uh, one solid. I don't know. <laughs> one, one's, one's rock. <laughs> was that your Joe Pesci? <laughs> that was me falling, <laughs> falling into my own words. Um, but other than Mitch Play, Play, Mitch Pileggi, Pileggi. Yeah. Uh, we also have John Tesh. Um, oh, name nice. Up. My favorite actor Dude, of all time. It's the first thing on IMDb. It's the second thing on IMDb. It was like the second name under as soon as it goes to credits. It's like starring John Tesh. Yeah. And But they, do it, they do it by appearance. Oh, yeah. But, uh, John so you Tesh, just like, you made it sound like it was like a mystery. Like, why does his name keep popping up? And it's because everything's in order of appearance. So, yeah, yeah his name would pop up first. I think he's actually popped up in the movie first. <laughs> is he on the one of the music videos in the background or something? I don't think so. Oh, maybe not. No, that'd be cool, though. Okay. Um, we there's also, no music videos in this whole movie. Like at um, the bar. They, I think there's like Alice Cooper video. Oh, there is a music video. Oh, man. You're right. Trivia. I did my homework. I was going to say, I was like, because I kept waiting for it to pop Wait, the up. The trivia you looked up was there's a music video in the background at a bar. Yeah. It's Alice Cooper. Because the band is, or the soundtrack is primarily all like rock rock artists and stuff. Yeah. Rock like artists. More. Rock <laughs> artists. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, generally it's like. Alice Cooper and Megadeth yeah. and that hair all your, metal. All your favorite hair metal bands. It's basically like the 80s dying is what this is. This it is right, actually right before, grunge, right before yeah. grunge takes off. It's always like guys. Nirvana's like, right, right on the other side of that door. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's insane watching this and you kind of think like if that music wasn't in there and it hit a normal score, would the movie be more respected or would it have been scarier? Like When there is normal music though, it's pretty good. I feel yeah, like for the most part. Well, I even like the rock music because yeah. it, it gives it a different type of feel. It's random. It's yeah, very random. You don't really know when you're going to get it. You know, just sometimes like action sequences will be like a orchestra. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. Or sometimes it'll just be like Alice Cooper singing whatever. Or exactly. like No More Mister Nice Guy. Yeah. Like it pops up like eight times. During yeah. This movie. When the show, like, and it's just like the uh, it was like the um, the cop chasing Peter Berger. But I think the first time they play it is when they, like, they're just setting up the electric chair. And it's like, oh, the song doesn't fit yeah. at all. It's like yeah. a two minute. Oh, yeah, I don't want to get into it, but yeah, but you're, you're right. Other people that are in it uh, Camille Cooper, who plays Allison, she was in Lawnmower Man 2. 
Oh, cool. Yeah, nice. I, I saw that. Fame, world famous. Used to own that on VHS. Yeah, you did. Did you really? How did oh, yeah. you own Lawnmower Man 2 and Was 1? It, uh, how, well, did you, how did you buy 2 I bought after one. watching 1? Because I was, like, I was like, wait, there's more to the story? And I was like, it's so good. What's it called? Lawnmower Man 2 is a Gabe's War? Job's War. Job's War. Yeah, Job's War. war. <laughs> and yeah, I remember the first one was like, oh, it's got Stephen King. That's awesome. And I think I might have bought two even before I saw one. Dude, like, you were tricked, man. Wait, didn't wait? You, you guys, said, you, wait, did you say Stephen King was in the second movie? No, no. I just, I mean, I saw it was a Stephen King movie. Oh, I think you're saying yeah. he was like in as like even though he disowned the first movie, so it's like yeah. I'll give this another chance. Yeah, you got duped just like everybody else did because everyone was like, oh, it's a Stephen King adaptation. Dude, there is not a single. We've talked about this. Can we? We have. Can we talk about One More Man for a second? We've talked about it. Yeah. Did you ever see it? Uh no, I have never seen it before. I watched it when I was I watched his videotape copy when I was a kid. Yeah. And it was like where all, like, all the best parts out <laughs> scratched out in the VHS. Yeah, all the best parts. <laughs> no, there are no best parts of Longmore Man. Yeah, it's yeah. all like pristine condition. Well, because I was yeah. like when I watched it when I was a kid, it was like, holy shit, James Bond's in this movie yeah. that is based was, off a story by Stephen King. It was before he was James Bond, wasn't it? Like the year, yeah. like literally that same year or whatever they were releasing Bond. Yeah, I think it got I want to say Longmore Man got shelved. shelved. I think it did. And they were they released it the same year he got picked as Bond. So yeah. it was like, oh that's ironic. You guys, Smart. That's yeah. what happened. That's really but no, hard. Stephen King, like that story, if you ever read that short story, Lawnmower Man, it has like... It's, like actually, it's actually like, satan- like it's, satanic cult or whatever. It's or like, like a lawnmower that chases the guy the entire no, time. No, no, it's a dude who... He worships like a goat He lord. eats the grass. Yeah. And he like worships. That's yeah. Oh, yeah, that's what it was, yeah. It's the really goat, bizarre. Yeah. But it has yeah. nothing to do with the movie. And in the second movie, um, it's not even the same guy. It's Matt Fleur. It's Max Headroom. Yeah. From... Um, He's in Shrunk the Kids, yeah, Dawn of the Dead. Dawn of is the it Dead. really? Yeah. yeah, Matt Fuhrer plays uh, Job, Job's War. Yeah. Oh, but is it my body for you? Is yeah. That, is that in from Stand? Oh, okay. Stand. Nice. Yeah, he plays yeah, yeah. Trash there can. You go. Trash can. Trash, trash, trash can man. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. So, Good. Um, we got Ted Ramey, Sam Ramey's brother. I was surprised about that. Yeah. He uh, he has a few scenes in here. He was, um, of course, is gonna die. Yeah. He's oh, Ted yeah, Ramey. Like, I don't think I've ever. I don't think I've ever seen him live in anything. And I don't want to get too much into this yet, but there's a lot of like characters who don't pop up too much. But I will say before we get into this movie that our protagonist has the best set of well, no, I'm not welcoming, but they are his friends and family are so there for him throughout this Dude, movie. Yeah, he's it's got, very Fast and Furious like to the point. Yes, where, it is. Yeah, to the point where he recruits <laughs> his best friends, aka the football team, to help him uh, take out the power. Dude. All of these dudes are dumb. I love it. It's great. It's like it, like everybody on the football team, including like Peter Berg. They do like a little huddle at the end. We're like, all right, let's do this. Let's do this. Yeah, they're like they're all like dumb. Like, I love it. At one point in the end, like all they do is they break something with a crowbar. Each person and everything's blowing up, and, and they're like it's working. They're like, yeah. <laughs> each person's assigned a mask. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, blowtorch or whatever because yeah. each person comes up with their own like item that they're supposed to be like carrying for the guy for uh, Rhino yeah like one has a crowbar yeah. a blow like one yeah. has the helmet and then like one has the blowtorch and it's like it's amazing so yeah. who, who, Rhino is his best friend right yeah uh, Rhino is played by Richard Brooks who is in Crow City of Angels 2 oh okay um, man we're like that's dude, not that's not, that wasn't straight to video right no I saw it in theaters oh that's a cool thing to say out loud. <laughs> I three, two, one. <laughs> uh, we also have his coach, who's played by Sam Scarber. Um, 
cool coach. Like I, this whole supporting that guy cast, is actually awesome. Supporting cast is great. I think they do a good job. Yeah. They're not in it a lot, but when they are there, it's great. And then we also have actually. Michael I think the casting in this movie is pretty decent. Yeah, like there's nobody I would like that stands out as like goofy or mm-hmm. no. And then kind of round out the main cast, we have Michael Murphy who plays Lieutenant Don Parker. Who you mentioned? I think he was in. Um, He's in one of your favorite movie scenes of all time. It is a great movie scene. It's when uh, Angel escapes the lab and he saves his dad. Or no, he flies and saves his dad at the end. It's a legit scene. It's yeah. an awesome scene. Yeah, from that's X-Men, that's X Men Three. That's, yeah, that's Michael X-Men. Murphy. Yeah, he's okay. the, the the guy that Angel saves. It also says that he's also in uh, Manhattan, which I've never seen. Oh, is that uh, Woody? Woody Allen? Woody Allen. Yeah. So I haven't seen much of Woody Allen, but I know he was in that. I actually, that's a director I've, I've, I don't day, think I've ever seen a Woody Allen movie. To this day, I've never seen a single movie. Yeah, I just have never, never gotten people, around to seeing. People could be crap about it too. Yeah, but I, I feel like he's got, he's like Dean Koontz. He's got so much that he made, but nobody has a favorite of his, and none of his movies really are that big, except for like Annie Hall. Yeah, they're all like the independent, he's like the independent director back in the 70s. Yeah, but like, I mean, but like, it's not like Roman Polanski. No, where it's like I'm, I'm only they both, they both are, have <laughs> yeah, they both have questionable <laughs> histories, yeah, questionable <laughs> histories. But like, at least you know, like Roman Polanski's got movies that everyone's heard of. Yeah, like you know? classic like, like horror movies or, or a classic yeah. I feel like Woody, like Woody Allen, like not his movies aren't as Annie the, Hall. They all Annie kind Hall's of the only together. one I can think of that's like really, really popular. Well, and then that one at uh, Midnight in Paris. Yeah, the I'd say probably just those two because that one I remember that one some Oscars and it yeah. was Rachel McAdams and Owen Wilson yeah. and Charles back in time. Um, then there's that threesome movie. He almost reminds what? me. Do you not remember that? It was um, I can't remember. It was like Vicky something something oh, Barcelona. Something Barcelona, yeah, yeah. It's like Scarlett Johansson and uh, dude from No Country from Old Men. Oh, Javier Bardem or yeah, and then Tommy was, Lee Jones. Oh, Wouldn't <laughs> that be an interesting movie? <laughs> <laughs> just, the, him, in hey. that, him in that three-way just unimpressed like hmm. Th- this is my common face <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay i really by the way that's not the plot of that movie at all it's called a it's not about a threesome no it's about it's about three people who fall in love with each other yeah it's oh, just okay. a love triangle yeah <laughs> but i took you it. took the porn <laughs> plot you know, I don't. I think that's what the movie's about. Is they originally wanted like, hey, we should have a threesome with you, and then. Oh really? I think so. I could be completely. <laughs> wrong. Also just picturing <laughs> Look, Tommy Lee I just you I don't do research. I just say what I think. <laughs> I just saw the title and took my own idea out of well, it. Well, and here we are. Um, so this movie was made in '89 for five million dollars. It grossed sixteen point five in the U.S. Nice. So, nice. Um, but still considered a failure. Under what standards? Uh, the studio, I guess. I guess he was expecting the their. Wes Craven was trying to get like a new franchise because he was so disappointed in the direction that Nightmare was going. Mm-hmm. That he was kind of trying to pitch like a multi movie story with a uh, shocker. Okay. Oh. And the money that grossed it wasn't enough to. I don't know if I can watch any more of these. It is weird. It's not a bad movie. It's just I I, I think it's a one thematically. Movie. Yeah, it's like. like Oh yeah, I could not see uh, a multi this, yeah like Mitch Plaggy like stalking another. He's back again. Cool. He's in your TVs. I mean, we can say that like this pretty much is almost like a verbatim, like a almost like a alternate universe version of Nightmare on Elm Street. Yes. Like almost the dream state wise. Like, yeah. They kind of go in, in and out. The of- ins and outs. There's a killer even up to the opening of the movie. 
where he's like crafting his tools of trade. Oh, yeah, you know? good call. I ha- I think I wrote down five things that are like similar straight from Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so the movie was called Vicky Christina Barcelona. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, and then they changed the shocker. And then the summary for the movie is: two girlfriends are on a summer holiday in Spain, and they became and they become enamored with the same painter, unaware that his ex-wife, with whom he has a tempestuous relationship, is about to re-enter the picture. So it's about two girls who fall in love with a guy, and then I guess his ex-wife or something. Comes That's the cool, picture. man. So just for all those wondering. So who's a threesome here? It's not about threesome. <laughs> it's a it's three people who fall in love with each other, I think. No, it's... I don't know, maybe. Sounds like a foursome to me. Penelope right? Cruz was the third. Yeah. So, All right, so Shocker. Where, where are we at right now and in uh, Wes Craven's filmography? What comes before this and after this? Before is... So we are in the era of... Probably People Under the Stairs, Serpent in the Rainbow. Serpent in right the Rainbow. Serpent in the Rainbow, I think, was right before Shocker came really? out. Really? Yeah, because I think that was like 87, 88. And then I think People Under the Stairs is his follow-up to all this. Well, Deadly Friends, what, 86, 87? Yeah, so that's years before this. <clears throat> yeah, and this is, well, no, that's only yeah, two Serpent, years. Serpent was a year before Shocker. Okay. In okay. And then uh, he actually, a part of, because he was pitching like a multi- movie i think deal with shocker okay and uh eventually spun off into uh night visions which is that tv movie i think it was like an oh. anthology. was it an anthology or something yeah it's like an anthology sh- like was it a movie or actually show? no it's a, it's a movie it was a tv movie uh about a cop that teams with a psychic and tracking down a serial killer which is like almost kind of the same thing as yeah. shocker pretty much but then yeah in 91 so a couple years after shocker we had people under the stairs previous episode yeah so that's where we're at um before we dive in I have a fun fact, completely unrelated, but I had to tell you guys because I read it. Is this about Woody Allen? No, <laughs> it is about Jean-Claude Van Damme. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, this is interesting. Okay. How he only takes pictures with his right arm. Is that true? <laughs> yeah. Have you ever seen that? <laughs> no. It's, like, if you look at all the movie posters. While he's flexing? He, when he flexes, he only flexes with his right arm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I guess every I, single movie I guess, poster. Really? I guess yeah. in Street Fighter, he's like this, right? Yep. And then, like, Bloodsport, I think he's like this. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, listeners, you see that? For listeners, can you yeah. <laughs> He used his right arm. Well, I was reading an article on him last night. It was a lengthy article. And basically, after Time Cop came out, and it did really well. It made, like, $40 million U.S., which isn't huge, but in today's dollars. I remember dollars, that movie being cool. Yeah. That's all which I really want to do for... <laughs> was it a double dose of Crow City of Angels? And... <laughs> it might have been, actually. Yeah? yeah. City of Time Cops. Um <laughs> It did really well, and they went up to Van Damme, and they said, hey, if you do three movies for us, we're going to give you $36 million. And he said no. He's like, Jim Carrey's making $20 million a movie. He's like, I want $20 million for every movie I do. And that's and then, why Jean-Claude Van Damme's not in movies anymore. Well, they were, that's the article is about. The studio was like, well, then never mind. We're moving on. And they canceled everything. That sucks, man. And Jean-Claude was talking about it recently. And I don't know how recent it was, but he pretty much said, like, I was an idiot. He's like, I don't know why I fought for that. He's like, I got cocky. And he's like, I wish I wouldn't have done that. Yeah, that's and so. And then also, he did Sudden Death, like, right around that time, too, right? Sudden Death was, like, 90, I think, 1990. That was, no, like, no, no. Oh, sorry. Death is, sorry. Yeah. I'm thinking of Double Impact. So, dude, I, like, like, dude, I, I like the way you, like, closed your eyes and looked off in the yeah. space. Like, sorry. Right, <laughs> <laughs> it, was like, it was after. Oh, hold on. Retrace. Sudden Impact <laughs> is the movie where he legitimately uh, kills a person dressed up in a penguin mascot suit. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. Dude, he like breaks her neck. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, it's dude. Sun Sun Death is a pretty cool movie. I think <laughs> it's like die, I haven't seen it's, it. Since it's I've it's the plot of Die Hard, but in a ice hockey. Yeah, uh, I, I haven't seen the. Uh, who's the bad guy in it? It's um. Is it Down Powers Booth? Uh, yes, yeah, Powers Booth. Yeah, Powers yeah. Booth. So shocker, starts off. Wait, wait, holy shit! What did John Claude Van Damme have to do with anything? Yeah, I read, read an article last night. Okay. <laughs> there was no segue into that. I at thought all. about it. And I was like, we might do time cop here in a few months. I was like, you know what? Sure, no. That's so, a bummer, though, about Jean-Claude, man. I wish he was still in movies. Yeah. So, Shocker starts off, and it's basically the entire intro from the original Nightmare on Elm Street, where he's, like, crafting all these things, and he's putting things together, and it looks pretty much shot for shot. As There's a, a lot of this movie that uh, feels like it's Nightmare on Elm Street. And you can tell that he was trying to, like, bring that franchise back with a different, you yeah. know, name. Um, so, while... They were doing a Sangre and Elm Street thing. Uh, there's a there's one of our rock songs are in the background, and we're getting like news updates about all these killings and everything. We cut to our main character, who is played by Peter Berg, and he's at his football practice. And there's like four laps back to back to back in this. So Peter what you, Berg, what do you got? Because I don't remember any. Oh, I geeked at all like three or four of these. So Peter Berg is supposed to be like this hot shot football player, which is weird because. Have you ever seen a movie where, like, the main character was, like, the, the bad? Job. No, no, no. Oh. I mean, I was going to say, like, a bad football player. Like, oh, He's the worst thing I've ever seen. Like, it's always he, the star. I thought star. he was pretty good, though. No, he is. Oh, I'm I, saying, see, I see what you're saying. Is okay. he always the star? The star, like, football player? Yeah, yeah. I just oh, thought totally. he... Yeah. He is? Yeah, he's the, the quarterback. Why did you guys think he was a star? Because... What the, led to your guys thinking that he was... The coach making sure he's training and everything because he's going to lead their uh, team to the state. Yeah, didn't you notice how the team follows him around through all the movie? And yeah. they, they do whatever stupid shit they... they they're just following He's definitely not third string, that's yeah. for sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, he has a few good laughs here. So he's playing football, he catches the ball, and he's running with it, and you hear him, like he looks at his girlfriend, and you hear him go, I am very good. And he runs. <laughs> yeah, did you see this? No. Me? I mean, I saw it, but I didn't hear it. Yeah, I, we dude, were Matt looked at me, and he's like, did he say it? I was like, I'll rewind it. <laughs> That's Dude, awesome. I don't know if he's saying it or if it's like really bad uh, ADR. Yeah. But you just hear, I am very good. And like, it's yeah. so I weird. I think it's like added in there just as a joke. Okay. Like, because it's a muddle of people just like football Ooh, players, like, yeah. you know, saying, you know, trash talking. Sure, sure. And I think they just threw it in there as a joke that okay. said, I'm very good. I'm very good. Because <laughs> there's no way that was like a real. That like, like, he wrote that in the script. Like, you, you have to say this is in the script. It's said by, you know. Yeah. Like, they're probably just like, we got there's something funny. Yeah, I think it was just added in as a joke. Well, so you got that joke, and then he gets tackled. And the coach totally like yells at him and gives him shit. And then he goes, yeah, he's like, you're not paying attention. He's like, I feel sorry for that half-naked lady up there in the stands. And he looks, and he hits his helmet off his head. <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. He's like, pay attention. And I laughed at this. So there's two jokes. And then we get our introduction, like Ted Ramey and his other buddies. And he catches the ball again, and he runs into the post. Joke three. And then as he is like is like regrouping himself and he's walking back, he like looks at his girlfriend and out of nowhere comes this water table yeah. and he flips over the water table. It's like a slapstick comedy basically. Oh, totally. Yeah, so yeah. it's like boom, boom, boom. But then the humor pretty much runs dry for the rest of this movie. I don't see anything Oh, it gets else so dark way. By the so next dark? but I say by the next minute, it, it goes in complete one eighty. Yeah. It gets super dark. Oh, in a heartbeat. Um, but I do like his chemistry with his girlfriend. I think they they work. <laughs> yeah. No, you're not no, thinking. No, I'm just thinking of later scenes in this movie. Oh, hey, do you like Peter Berg as an actor? Do you think he does good in this? Yeah, yeah I actually do. I like him. Okay. I've never, like I said, I've never really, I can't think of anything I've seen him in where he's been kind of like the lead character. Yeah. 
Uh, um, kind of great white hype is like the only. He's thing like the. What's great white like, hype? Um, oh, it's like where Sam Jackson's like a boxing promoter. Oh, that movie. That's He's what like I thought you were talking yeah. about. Don King type promoter, right? Yeah, and they're gonna go. Damon Wayans is like the. Heavyweight I thought it was a great white. Yeah, Damon... I thought it was a great white dope. No, no, uh, that's your. Uh, no, okay, your, cool. Your cracked version, yeah, your cracked, your cracked <laughs> magazine version of that movie. That was good. And then Peter Berg is like a, um, he's just like an ordinary dude that try, challenges. I know, what you're I'm thinking of Celtic Pride. That was as actually the other movie I was thinking about. Really? I was like that, okay. I don't, that's, I don't, I don't know if that has anything to do with it. Do you remember Celtic Pride, Matt? No, that's, that's also Dan Aykroyd, Damon Wayans. Oh um, yeah, 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 yeah. It's Where they, they, they kidnap, they, they kidnap him, and I, the only part I remember from that movie, it's Daniel Stern, right? It's Dan yeah. Stern and Dan Aykroyd. They kidnap Damon Wayans. Man, what a combo! Yeah. At the end of the movie, they have to show up because they released Damon Wayans, and they have to go sit in the Celtics. Uh, no, they're not Celtic fan. They're um, the good booth or whatever. Uh, no, what are they? What? Uh, what are the Celtics rivals? Magic, oh, Magic Johnson played for him. The oh, Lakers. Mad- Lakers. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. They have to sit in the Lakers section. And they have to wear like the jerseys of the uh, like, Celtics, Celtics. So pit. Oh, and I all the fans it. are like just like pissed at them, and yeah. like that's their punishment at the end of that movie. You oh, saw you God. said you saw it in theaters. Yeah, twice. Nice, dude. Yep, I have to check that out. So not they, weird. Like there's those caverns of your brain, right? There's like there's like they open up when dude. Certain, it's longer, man. You're longer, man. Like, if I could just like going through, and it's like I wish there was a way that you could just like dump all a, the crap <laughs> out of your brain that you just didn't need for like 20 years. I probably haven't seen I that imagine, movie. I was saying, just imagine it's like um, what's his name from uh, Dreamcatcher in his like library. Yeah. <laughs> he's like going around his library picking up all the memories and stuff. Dude, that's why I, I, I feel like it's just like, what a waste of space. Yeah. Continue. Okay. <laughs> so this was kind of weird because I feel like, I don't know if this is supposed to be for the character or if it's supposed to be for the audience or whatever, but he's walking his girlfriend home and you see oh, all yeah. these ghost children in the background. Because this, like, is, like the, this is the beginning of like the his whole like psychic connection or dream yeah. connection to his, to, to his dad. Is it to the dad? It's his dad. Mitch, Spoiler Mitch, alert. Oh, no, sorry. I'm just joking. Yeah, Mitch plays his dad. No way. Yeah. Are you serious? You did not know this all of like... <laughs> I think I did, yes. <laughs> he brings it up multiple times. The wow. serial killer in this movie is his dad. Yeah, okay. What we didn't get in the first like third of this movie is I never heard any mention of him being a foster kid. See, I got the whole thing about he, him, you know, him calling Don his false. Yeah, dad. he never says dad. He calls him. I, Don. I thought it was dad. I was like, no. maybe you guys should have picked a different name besides Don. Yeah, it's, yeah. Don. He called him Donnie. Which and with his accent, like it was like, yeah. yeah. So that's why I thought. I thought it was like you know, foster dad. You know, I, I cool. This movie is a little better for me now. Yeah, oh, wow. when he finds out with, we'll we'll bring it up. Yeah. <laughs> but this is man, yeah. you didn't get all those hints when he was like, I don't know. Oh, you're just a chip <laughs> off the old block, or. Um, when, you were, when you were a kid and you shot me in the leg or whatever he said. What? Yeah. Or he's like, yeah, you, he said something. What? <laughs> did you not hear any of this? Dude, I'm participating. I'm an audience member. Did All you, right, did you, did you turn on, on the movie and then go sit outside in your front yard? And <laughs> It's funny because now I'm like you in the episode for Hudson Hawk where I was like enlightening you with all these oh, man. facts and trivia for this movie. Oh, yeah. This cool. isn't facts and trivia. This is uh, Trivia is not the plot of the movie. <laughs> Dang. You did the same exact thing. Oh, that's a hog. You can cut me some slack in this episode. So he's walking, and he goes, oh, he's like, I'm trying to talk like Peter Berg. Oh, that's he's really like, good. He's like, oh, it's already he's like that's the house where I grew up in. Is that something Peter Berg? Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah, he was You're, really tired. Dude, no, <laughs> hey. Hey. Right. Um, and he goes, hey. I'm going to take a nap right here in this, in this gutter. <laughs> You know what? I got the sleepies. <laughs> <laughs> the sleepies. 
face. You gotta go. Yeah, because okay, he gets a concussion in the Nick, beginning of this movie. Yes, I, I mean, yeah. I mean, oh, hey, want to hear Matt's twist on this? The movie? twist is that this whole movie's in his head. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> hey, I grew up there. No, you didn't. No, that's not me- your family. I have memories of this place. <laughs> Definitely not. And at this Definitely. scene, when he turns around and his girlfriend disappears, yeah, she's actually still there, but he can't see. He's like, "Hey, where'd you go?" <laughs> He's going blind. <laughs> He's just like asleep on that water table back in that football field right now. <laughs> but he thought it was his waterbed. Yeah. Like, oh. So no, he turns around and goes, hey, that's the house I grew up in. And his girlfriend's gone. He ends up just keeps walking, walks into his house. He sees his mom being held by Mitch Plaguey, our, our killer. We end up finding out this is all a dream. But throughout the movie, you're going to find out that our main character, John... He's able to... It's really bizarre. He can go to sleep. Astral projecting, basically. What does that mean? Like, you're in your body, but then you can also physically exist in, like, another space. And It's like uh, Doctor Strange. You ever see Doctor Strange? Nope. Okay. Well, he does a lot of that okay. in the movie. Oh, yeah, I know. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah you're basically yeah. in one place, but then you can, like, make another form of yourself. In but if he's area. a form of himself in, like, these other instances... Shouldn't his body look like Mitch Pelagi's when he's kind of like... Staticky? Yeah. He didn't make uh, that sacrifice to the Rocky Horror Lips. Wait, oh, okay. Oh, yeah. They never nice. brought up what those were. I oh, guess, we'll get there. Yeah, we'll get there. I have an idea of what they are. So he goes in the house and he confronts Mitch Pelagi, which his name in the movie is, is it Picker? It's a uh, horse Pinker. Pinker? Yeah. He confronts him and Pinker comes up to like stab him and he completely disappears. So we find out it was all a dream, but then we end up finding out that it actually happened. So he rushes over to the house, and this is where we meet his dad, who's like, you know, the lieutenant in town, which is another similarity to yep. Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. Yep. And that that whole relationship is Nightmare on Elm Street with, you don't know what you're talking about. You know, you're just a kid. Yeah, it's, it's, trying to convince it's, dad. it's the adult that doesn't believe the child, basically. And then we find out that the family did die, and then we cut to his funeral. He meets his dad, and he tells him that, you know, pretty much, hey, I dreamt these murders. I know it happened. Um, there's like which the hideout the, and everything yeah which the dream thing is pretty much Nightmare on Elm Street right there on its yeah. own mm-hmm. describes everything that happens so that night they go to the killer's like home base they're able to track his van which has like his company name or whatever on it oh does it really I think that's what in the oh, no, no, no. He, he sees the van in the beginning yeah at the house yeah, yeah. you're right okay so they get to you know where uh, Pinker's home base is the building is just kind of like lined with TVs like okay one thing about Mitch Plague's character do, do we know why he is the way he is? Like, what is his motive or anything? Because I feel like... Oh, like why just... he likes TVs? No, I mean, like... He, he <laughs> Everyone likes like... TV, Matt. He just kind of shows up and he's like, I'm a killer. But he doesn't have, like, Like, no. what's his, like, MO or whatever, you know? Like, I don't think they ever really go into anything. Uh, or is he just... I don't know, he's like... He's just a killer. Wh- yeah, I guess he's just a killer, but... He's, he's like... a killer and he's big into black magic and sacrifices... In, well, yeah, they kind of like, they, say, they say animal sacrifices at one point. Yeah, because there's, there's, there's animals hanging up. There's in a cat the, hanging. Yeah, yeah. But then, I guess, yeah. yeah, there you go. Uh, but uh, yeah, they just do the one cult, like him making a um, like a prayer or whatever before he's about to be executed. Yeah, like is there any mention about like his background as far as like devil worshiping before you, that? You obviously yeah, they know do. more they about s- this movie than I do. So. <laughs> Anything you know is more than I do. No, they say at one point that he was in the black magic. Okay. But so it's just a brief instant of him. It's just kind of it's like, like more of like a Chucky thing, I feel like. Okay. okay. I can do that. I mean, yeah. I like it's like, more of like a Chucky thing. Or like the later um, Nightmare on Elm Street where he has like the pact of the dream people. Okay. I can so, see that. Yeah. Yeah. 
So they get to like his base, and there's a pretty creepy scene where a I cop this, is this is actually pretty cool smoking a cigarette, and he's leaning up against like a bookcase, and the bookcase opens up, and he gets pulled into there. Then it shuts back, and so the cop goes missing. And the lieutenant and John end up seeing this big pool of blood right underneath, um, like the the book stand. Yeah, yeah. And so they find out Mitch Plague got away, and then we have he kills whole, like basically the entire police force. I feel like in this yeah, one scene. he outsmarts like everyone, and I feel like there's a lot of cool scenes, but they feel rushed. Yeah. Okay, here's okay. Speaking of Deadly Friend, which nobody was, uh, this movie had eight producers on it. Holy crap! Again, and really? I feel like it's. I don't know if how does Wes Craven end up getting in like that bad like pack of people? I don't know, but that's to get insane. The, get that money, you have to basically. I get, but yeah, I know, but like at that at, at this point, he's got some pretty good credits under his name. That's like, do you really need to be on a movie that has eight producers? Well, I think at this point, I, I mean, at this point, he's got like Deadly Friends, Serpent in the Rainbow, and then this, and they're not House or. Um, well, that's uh, last this. house on the left. Or last house. No, like, I'm talking about like in this few year span. Oh, oh, okay. He's not. You would think you he's think not a box office draw yeah. right now. I I would think that like with the success of Nightmare, they would just let him have like free reign. Yeah, let him do whatever he wants. Do like some creative horror stories. Because yeah, it seems like they take it away from him as soon as he does uh, Deadly Friend. They're like, well, yeah, oh, like, like you're, you did good last time, but because that's basically the, like the next feature that he does like after Nightmare. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they took it away from him right after he finished Nightmare. Like, hey, you did it, and then. Like, well, Let's get more involved in this yeah, guy or whatever. Exactly. You know? Which doesn't make any sense. But uh, after Pinker ends up escaping, uh, they call for backup. And like, so Mitch Flaggy has this really cool scene where he walks out in like the cop uniform. Yeah. And they think it's one of the cops that were inside. And then he like puts his head up and he realizes it wasn't him. And yeah. He, he yeah. kills the cops. And it could have been like a really cool, intense scene. But it feels like it was just so quick. Like, he comes out and lifts his head and he kills a couple people. Like, there's no real, like, tension in this movie. This movie is very MTV. It is very boom, boom, boom. Yeah, let's find... We have no time to stop. Here's some rock music. I'm electricity. I'm jumping through here. Like, it's it's nonstop. There's yeah. not a lot of tension in this movie. Except for maybe when you get to, like, a few of the dream sequences with Peter Berg and the girlfriend. But other than that, it's just very, very fast-paced. Yeah. And I feel like that hurts some of the movie a little bit. But yeah, there's no time to like breathe and really like do any sort of character development. No, not at all. So uh, he ends up getting away, and the next day he gets identified on the the TV, and everybody's like, "Okay, we know who this killer is." And he pulls out a pit, uh, picture of Peter Berg, like that's in the newspaper, and he like crushes it up with anger and everything. And yeah, because they basically just announce who this guy is on the news. So like, yeah, he's the one who uh, found out about who the killer was, and he lives that's at his, this address, dude, that's he's his only own, 19 years old. I say that's his own damn fault for being so sloppy, but I know. And on the other side, I didn't know that his son was a psychic. Yeah. They track him down, so. Like, this is news. Like, wait, well, and they said that he had a dream about the killer, so they just went ahead and followed him, and, and I was like, oh my Again, God. his name is John blah, blah, blah. His phone number is blah, blah, blah. <laughs> his social he lives security in- number is. <laughs> um, the next day, Peter's, he's working out, and he chills out, and he sits on his vibrating chair, which will come <laughs> back to, to play later in the movie. Oh, I love it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then he ends up forgetting practice, and his girlfriend's like, you gotta, you know, you gotta get the practice, and he gives her a ring. I don't think he proposes to her, but he gives her, like, some kind of ring. Necklace. Yeah. Oh, yeah, our necklace. I'm sorry. Yeah. Which is the same necklace from Last House on the Left. Oh. Okay. Ironically. Really? Is that what one of, I'm the, pretty one, sure, one of the killers has it or something? Yeah, one of the killers has it, and the mom realizes. Yeah. yeah. Um, but he gives her this necklace, and he goes and he sits in the car, and you can tell he hesitates on, like, should I go back in there and skip practice? And it goes on for a few seconds, and he goes, nah. 
I'm going to head to practice. And as soon as he pulls out of the driveway, you see Pinker attack his girlfriend in the bathroom. Yeah, yeah. Which I thought was cool. Like, I thought about it, and I was like, man, if man. he just would have went back in there, that hesitation, then she'd probably still be that's, alive And today. that's what the, the whole scene builds up. And I think it's really I think neat. that's a really cool idea. Yeah, I think it's really cool. So John goes to practice, and he's only there shortly until he's told that his girlfriend is dead. But not in his words. They just say, like, you need to get home. Just go. You got to get out of yeah, here. Yeah, the way the coach kind of reveals, like, you just need to leave. Which is cool. Yeah. And he gets home, and man, and they, 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 they point this out, but he just walks right in, and he goes right up to his dead girlfriend in the bathtub, and like no one stops him, no one's like, hey, you can't be in here. Yeah. Until his, 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 it is his stepdad, right? It's his foster dad. His foster dad, yeah. okay. So is that his foster family that dies in the beginning? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Cool, I'm learning so much about this movie as we talk about it. <laughs> hey, you and me both. <laughs> yeah. And so... He's the only one who's like, who the hell let him in here? Like, which is a pretty stupid scene, but they call it out. <laughs> yeah, who the hell? Yeah, I don't, it makes no sense. Like, somebody called him. Who called him? I'm sure a lieutenant did. His, yeah, his foster but like, dad. he wasn't there at the door waiting for him. He just kind of let him, like, just show up. Just like, yeah, just let this guy walk right into the crime yeah. scene. I, yeah. This was kind of... I will say... He lives here. <laughs> let him in. <laughs> I will say his, uh, her death is pretty unexpected. Like, I've seen this, like, two or three I times. I know. That's, I watched this, actually, a couple years ago. Yeah. When we did, uh... Um, people on the stairs. stairs, yeah, and I was like caught off guard about like because it was back to back the foster family dies and then the girlfriend dies. It's just like holy crap! It's this, a lot. This guy's world shaking. Oh yeah, this movie I feel has like three different segments. You got the beginning where you're you're hunting a serial killer. Yeah, yeah. And that takes up like the first 30, 35 minutes, and then the second part is when Mitch Pelagi can jump in the bodies. That gets into like supernatural territory. Yeah, and then the third part is when. He can go through electricity Goof, and goofball stuff like that. antics or whatever. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, pretty much. That's yeah. exactly what it is. Um, so that night he meet okay, so he meets his buddy, his other football buddy, at like the track, the football or no, it's not a football field, it's the track field, right? I think so. Or track this field. This is Rhino or track field? You can tell I didn't play sports. <laughs> uh so this is the part I think like where Jonathan has like another dream sequence again. Yeah. Uh but it's like he finds like a building and then he hears like screaming inside and then he finds Horace again where he's kind of like psychically linked to his, his father his father apparently yeah but that's uh, why they never say it i don't think i, I think they basically supposed to imply sorry, that i guess i like to be spoon-fed information no i mean they <laughs> like they say that hey it's his like it's his dad yeah but yeah. i think that's why they never like imply that like how why is there a psychic link and it's like no it's because they're father son yeah um, this whole scene is all a Nightmare on Elm Street again, where he gets his buddy and he's like, "You know what to do, right? Like, wake." You know, he's pretty much oh, telling him, "Like, yeah. wake me up before okay. I get attacked, yeah. before I go go." Yeah, <laughs> and that's just another. That's actually like dead on. Nightmare okay, yeah, scene. so that's right because like um, he drives him to this building, right? And yeah. he's freaking out when the dude uh, horse actually kills the girl. He's like, "Wake me up! Wake me up! Wake me up!" Yeah, and then yeah. wakes up and then tells like basically his dad like, "Hey." I know where the guy is. You need to follow me. And they're like, you're crazy. Yeah. You know, crazy town. And then, uh, they actually your go to butterfly, the- sugar, baby. <laughs> <laughs> but then they end up going to the building. He's actually there. And it's before the dream. Like he, he's killing the girl, right? Yeah. Like he's, he kills the girl like in the dream. But then like when they get there, she's not even dead yet. No. Which I feel like it's kind of confusing as far as like how the dream stuff works. Yeah. No, I agree. And because when he gets there, he, and it's really stupid, too, because I don't know what Mitch Plague says, but he acts like he's going to kill the girl. Oh, yeah. And he like throws her down the steps, and he's like, dude, his one-liners in this, very Freddy Krueger. I say not, everything yeah. about it is like Freddy Krueger, yeah. pretty much. 
much. I, I I really don't like the one-liners. I know it's supposed to fit like the whole like we're having fun vibe. I think it was uh, Wes because again like Wes Craven was so bummed like the way the nightmare was going. Yeah. So I feel like I think he kind of co-wrote uh, Dream Warriors, right? Wes Craven did. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, we talked about that. He has a co-writing credit on Yeah, so he was, like, bummed the direction that was going because, like, 2 was significantly darker than 3. Yeah. So I feel like this is his response, like, oh, I can also do witty, you know, a witty kill- killer with one-liners, you know? Yeah. So this is his way of, like, kind of combating, this like, is... the Nightmare franchise, basically. And we we talked about it before, though, the, like... And a lot of Wes Craven movies have this. They have long intros. They do, yeah. Like a long first act. Like it's a slow burn to establish like the setting and everything. Yeah, and, and the only ones that don't do it are his most popular ones are Scream and Nightmare on Elm Street. Scream gets right to it. Yeah, they both get right to it. And which one was the second one? Nightmare on Elm Street. Nightmare on Elm Street, yeah. Oh, yeah, because yeah. they kill uh, Tina right at the very beginning, right? Pretty much. Well, no, she's kind of like, honestly, she's the she's, she's the, the main character she's like up the until Janet, she gets killed. She's like the Janet Lee in Psycho. Yeah. And, um, I mean, we like, like, Deadly Friend was the same way, same format. I felt like that was a lot longer, though. Like, like for Chrissy Swanson. Yeah. Like, she's in it, but, like, I feel like the movie doesn't really go anywhere. And then she dies out of nowhere, and then it's just like, okay, we got, like, 30 minutes of her doing weird stuff. Like, Last House on the Left is kind of different because it That has... one feels... A, along like a big build up i feel yeah because like she they like the revenge plot doesn't it's a, and it's a weird movie because like, it's like it goes in like it's like in halves well it's, it's like, like yeah the, the first, first half the first is, half is like them going to concert yeah they get linked up with um they're just trying to buy some weed or something yeah and they get linked up with the killers they get kidnapped and then there's a whole killing in the first half and then second half is like following the parents of the one of the girls yeah now we're with the parents yeah so it's like a whole another act of like basically psycho where it's like first half is Jan yeah. Lee. That one, half actually, is... that movie's. I just watched it this summer. It's based off Virgin Spring. It's an Igmar Bergman movie. Okay. So it's the exact same plot. Like a girl goes. Is this to... Seven Seal? It's the same director as Seven Seal? Yeah. Or... Okay. So she goes to town to uh, deliver candles to a church. Okay. Um, on her way, she meets three guys. Oh. Two guys and a, and a younger brother. Okay. And uh, they rape her, oh, kill wow. her. And then those three end up going to. Like they end up, like happen happen to uh, come up upon like Maximin Sidow. Oh, nice! Who's the dad okay. and the mom? Oh, nice! And they find out that basically like what they ha- what she had what they end up having on her like what they stole from yeah. her. Yeah, indication that indication. She's, yeah, like the necklace you said, right, Chris? Yeah. And they end up killing them, and it's like a revenge plot. The last part is of it, the it movie. A, like a period piece, or is it like yeah, it's a period? Okay, piece. like a medieval or something. Yeah, like a medieval Sweden. Okay, piece. nice. Um, that sounds. I want to check that out. Yes, but it's like direct. Like he even said, he's like, yeah, it's cool. like I took that whole plot from that movie. All right, um, that's a good fact trivia. But yeah, right like so, Serpent in the Rainbow is the same way. It's just kind of like a night. Yeah, a new nightmare is the same way, where it's like an hour of no Freddy, and then the last new half nightmare an hour is, is totally a uh, a precursor to Scream. I think I've mentioned this multiple times. Yeah. Like, it totally playing on the whole paranoia or whatever, like, um, phone calls. Who who are you? You know? Well, it was supposed to be... I think the biggest thing I remember reading is that uh, New Nightmare is supposed to be, like, a precursor in a sense that it's self-aware. And that's kind of... Yeah. It's like a satire. Yeah. And... Like, Freddy Krueger is this popular mm-hmm. killer. Whereas, like, in uh, Scream 2, it's like the Scream uh, killer is, like, this iconic, you know... Yeah. Like, the whole, like, story of Scream is, like iconic in the college or whatever mm-hmm. in the second movie in the third yeah. movie speaking of man i was listening to that scream 2 episode and we were talking about 
if we were ever in a theater like that. Yeah, when, I remember this very clearly. If we were in Stab and you walked in, you were super psyched for this. Yeah. And people were running around. I'd walk it right out. I'd, Dude. To this day, I'd still walk out. Yeah. And then we made the joke about <laughs> walking across the street. And she goes to see a Sandra Bullock movie and ends up being Speed 2. Yeah. And Matt made the joke that everybody's dressed up like Dennis Hopper. But they, <laughs> all, in the theater. they all have like three fingers and they're like walking they're around. Like blown, blown up hands. The yeah. detonated vests. <laughs> but you went to, uh, to re- read it at that story, you went to a, the 300 premiere and there were a bunch of Spartans dressed up? No, I don't. That was not me. That I was my Matt. story. That yeah. was oh, story. yeah. There's a couple people dressed up like Spartans. Was it pretty terrifying? It was just bros wearing Spartan masks with swords. <laughs> a bunch of beefcakes. Like, yeah, a bunch of beefcakes. <laughs> Where do you think they are today? Uh... Probably married with kids, man. Very successful. Very successful. Right? Bankers. Cool. Or at least have bank accounts (laughs) with lots of money in it. Um, That's that's, that's fair. So, okay, back to the story. Uh, At this point, he is with our our main character, Peter Berg, is with the cops. Yeah. And they're chasing down Mitch Pileggi. I love this scene. I talked talked about this two years ago or three years ago. Okay, what do we think of the fighting? This is awesome. Dude, the fighting is badass in this movie. The fighting's pretty good. I mentioned this in, uh, again, People on the Stairs, because I like uh, characters in movies where they kind of have like a zero tolerance against the bad guys or the antagonists in the movies that they're up against. Yeah. Like People on the Stairs, he's fighting, um, what's his name? Um, The dad or whatever. Yeah. He's just throwing bricks at him. He's kicking the the nards and everything, you know? Yeah. But I like this where uh, Rhino on the rooftop, and they're like chasing the cops are like they're backing away. They can't get over the rooftop because he kicked over the like, little plank, it, or whatever. He's gone. But no, like Peter Berg's like, "F this! I'm gonna jump across the building. I'm a football star." And then jump kick him in the back, and that's like the cool. It's a pretty good looking scene. I yeah. love it. Out of nowhere, just jump kicks Mitch Plague, and they start fighting. Yeah, the fighting is pretty awesome too. Like the hits, like, yeah. And I can't tell how much of it's stunt doubles and how much of it's those two. I was wondering that too. Well, it, like, there, there was a few things, yeah, where uh, Peter Berg like rolls into the scene. I was like, oh, that's not him. I was like, you know what? That might be him. Like, it looked pretty decent. Yeah. So I couldn't tell either. But they, they use uh, fighting. He has like one of the fans on the rooftops trying to put his face in, whatever. But how, how does the scene transition to, like, does he get away here? or are they? No, gonna... they catch him here. And then he's like, he's like, Dad, I want to see him fry. And he's like, don't worry, son. We'll get box seats. And they're like. No more, just a nice <laughs> yeah, guy. It's pretty yeah, pretty verbatim. Yeah. yeah, and like, I, I don't know. In all reality, I have no idea how the soundtrack work. The, the songs are very interesting. Like the oh, song yeah. choice and oh, transitions totally. and stuff. What were you th- oh, well, uh, say, boxy tickets. Well, no, ticket I, I have no idea how like long it would actually take for him to be executed. In my mind, this was like seven years later. Like, yeah, no I say. more. And like, remember those box seats? He's like, what box seats? Like, now your next hit on 82 point. No yeah. more, Mr. Nice Guy. <laughs> but um, they end up having this like montage of like getting ready for this big execution. And this is when we see Pinker pretty much giving his soul to the devil. Yeah. Which, this is a weird scene. So he's like hooked up to the TV. He's got like these jumper cables. Don't know where those came from. <laughs> And he swallowed them in. Yeah, right. And he pretty much develops his soul to the devil. And these lips come out of the TV and they're like, yeah, baby. Or you yeah. got it, baby. Yeah, you got it, something baby. Something like that. Yeah. But it's basically like straight up like the Rocky Horror Picture Show, like lips in the opening credits. You it's know? really weird. Yeah. I don't know what it was supposed to but signify. This... The only thing I could think of was that, I don't know. It's I the only indication of like a supernatural being other than uh, Shocker. Like, okay. 
Like, so other saying, than when he becomes, like, the shocker or whatever, you yeah, know? Yeah, shocker. That's what I'm calling from now on. <laughs> so, uh, was he supposed to be the devil? Is that what came out? That's why I think it's supposed to be the devil. Like, he just gets his powers. Devil yeah. powers or whatever. Yeah, the devil just gives it to him. I guess. It just, they don't really explain it well. No, they don't. They don't explain, like, his whole, like, Maybe they're gonna go connection that with the devil either. Maybe they were going to do that in the, the sequels to Shocker. Yeah. That never got made. I think, and, okay, if I were to take stuff out, I would probably cut out his family getting murdered in the beginning. Just leave it to the girlfriend. Leave it to the girlfriend. Because it's not like the, the family even pops back up, like, in ghost form, even though... Like yeah. Ted Raimi does later on in the coach. Yeah, yeah, good, good point. But man. they never you showed. Know? They never showed like the mo- the foster mom or the brother and sister. And the dad doesn't really seem to care. Like after a he's just point. pissed at him. Yeah, the movie. But like maybe they should have put this in with like some more information about what his uh, deal with the occult is. You yeah. know, like yeah, you just flip that out or like something like he's starting to like break the barrier, and make a connection. Because they at least and then in... like you know, but it's not quite there. Because he hasn't like killed enough people or something yet. They, so when he does get to prison, he does this. Yeah. And it's like, okay, okay now they, it's like... Because they kind of do that in Child's Play 1, right? Like, it just kind of opens up and he already knows the stuff. They don't have a build-up for Oh, him. it's in with like the first like three minutes he's putting a soul into it. That's doll. what I'm saying. So it's yeah. like already established at the yeah. very like two minutes of the movie that he knows the stuff. Yeah. Like in Shocker, it takes like 40 minutes. Yeah, because what's the deal with the TVs? Maybe that, maybe that's the whole thing is like he worships television or whatever, and then like that's like the television god or whatever. Yeah, I'm actually glad we're talking about this because this is like I'm, I have some questions. Does he is he able to trans transfer through the TVs? He does at the end. No, like through the entire movie. Oh, is, he no, he discovers it at the end. I thought. Yeah, I don't think it's he, till the end because he's like, let's do it, and then he like gives like, it a why go. does he ask for a TV? I don't know. I think that's just in the, the that's just in his cell for like the. It's not very. No, no he asked for it. Oh, did he? Yeah, yeah they, they say, talked about yeah. coming down the way. They're like, yeah, yeah. his own. Like they were like, what's what was his last request? His last request was a TV. That should be like, no way, you don't get a TV. Yeah. Uh uh-uh. uh. How yeah. about a steak dinner? Not my jail. You become lobster man instead of shocker. <laughs> what? How about, how, about, how about a uh, basically whatever his last wish is what he becomes? Oh, whatever. so instead of shocker, he give he gives some shoes and like, oh, it's sneaker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he's like, or like, never mind. No, go no. He's like already this. started. We're he's already so, started. We're on something here. No, okay. So he ends up giving his soul to the devil, and he dies for like a second. Until the, the cops revive him, and we get this really gruesome scene. Oh, it's super weird. Of uh, this cop giving him CPR, and after He's... doing it a couple times, Pinker bites on his lip and stretches it like maybe a good foot. It's like uh, that scene in Basket Case. It reminded me of like, the <laughs> special effects in that scene. Oh my god, I want to watch those movies so bad. <laughs> those are like my puppet masters. Oh my god, yeah. So, oh, and this is, the, okay, so when he gets to the chair, oh, yeah. this is when they tell you, like, hey, you're my son. Like, there's a whole scene about... Oh, man, I totally missed this. I was, yeah, making, like, I was cleaning my apartment or something. Yeah, he's like, yeah, when I tried to kill your mom, you shot me in the knee, and that's why I have this limp and everything. And that's why he walks around with a limp. Gotcha, gotcha. Wow, so much revealed in this one scene yeah. that I happened to <laughs> close my ears, apparently. Well, his, his, like, foster dad's like, don't listen to him. Okay. Like, but he's telling the truth. Just to backtrack a, a little bit, uh, so when he bites the guy's uh, mouth or yeah. his uh, lip or whatever, uh, apparently Wes Craven had to cut a lot of this movie down to get to an R rating because it was apparently rated X. Not surprised. Really? Uh, so they had to cut, I think, trim this I, I down. I said surprised when I really looked at me. Mm. Just now I said surprised. Okay. 
Uh, but then I guess he apparently uh, bit off the guy's fingers in the other one and spit them out and everything. And oh, interesting. Varnished and X-rating apparently. Apparently it's too too hot for dude. Okay, yeah. well, that's like the thing? only violent part though in this movie. There's I think there was like some other scenes that they had to cut down too. So but I'm trying like, to figure out like what other violences in this movie that would maybe really like stand just out. the 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 deaths of the family maybe. One thing I want to talk about Craven is that he oh yeah puts in some gore in his movies and that's for sure. I remember Scream. Well, I don't want to say it yet. We'll get to Scream. I say there's yeah. Go ahead. There's some things about Scream, but I'll wait because we're gonna do that later on. But man, he is a gory dude. But when yeah. you watch him in interviews, he seems like the nicest guy in the world. He's so sure. soft spoken and he's very um like distinguished. Yeah. Like he's just very proper, just super nice guy. And then you like watch this or you watch even Last House on the Left, which is a yeah, tough one a pretty, to watch. I mean, like, you can go as far as you want with like violence and gore, but like the content Last House on the Left is pretty like I guess because it seems real, real enough to that I think, happen. honestly, he's more of an artsy director than he is, like, I could see a that. full-on horror director. Are we talking about the guy who made Shocker? Yeah. Okay. And I think, when or, you, <laughs> but when you talk about stuff like eight producers, yeah. I think that's when they come in, they're like, hey, man, uh, you need to play No More Mr. Nice Guy right here. Yeah, it's a hot, hot it's song like, on the radio right now. Cut this is, like, We asked for violence, but not this violent. You know yeah, what I mean? I think yeah. he's more artsy than uh, his movies end up being. And I, I mean, you can go the same. I'm sorry. No, go for it. Say you can go the same with like Dario Argento. He's more his movies are art. Yeah, but I feel like he gets like the last word in his movies. Yeah, I mean, you know, yeah. I feel like but what yeah, we're when seeing is Wes Craven's not getting last word a lot of time in his movies. It's definitely studioized, basically. Yeah, it's like he has really great ideas, and then the studio is like, "Yeah, but we got to make it MTV hot." Yeah, that's like, what, yeah. It's basically doing like a, a marketing research with like a you know like a. Um, would you like a group of kids or whatever? Like, yeah. what do you what do you guys enjoy? You know, metal music. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What, Cheese what it's. What's your favorite song on Mountain the radio Dew, right now? I bet yeah. you guys love Mountain Dew. <laughs> Put some Mountain Dew in this movie, Mr. Craven. <laughs> but I, but feel- uh, I was gonna say, just one, to close out the the fact trivia. Yeah. Uh, I guess there's like even a longer scene of him being electrocuted on uh, the uh, when he's being executed, and then when the coach ultimately dies in the end, he's like. There's more graphic stuff with that, basically. Okay, so that's the only... But yeah, they cut all that down. He had to cut all that down to get to an R rating. That's bizarre. It still doesn't seem like it would have been an X rating. I don't know. Yeah. I haven't seen the footage. So, Pinker ends up getting executed, and this is pretty much when he's not a human form anymore, because uh, he doesn't die. Mm, yeah. Like, he just, initially. He, I mean, he's kind of like, it's like kind of like... Yeah, I mean, he, they electrocute him again, don't they? they? No, they electrocute him, and then he smiles. The, the do- doctor, go check on him. Yeah, the, the doctor checks on him, and then he electrocutes the doctor. Yeah, and that's the possession. He's actually possessing the doctor, which is like the second segment of this movie where it completely changes. I was going to say, the um, the effects for when he his body like dissolves or disintegrates... Yeah. It's actually a pretty cool effect, I feel like. Yeah, I think it's neat looking. Yeah. Uh, oh, man, I, I and, totally and remarked some, on and, this. And some yeah. of the other effects later on are actually, I actually praise, I thought they are pretty cool. Because it's like... Except uh, for one that's kind of cheesy at the end, we'll get to it. But like, with the way his body burns away, it almost cool. looks like, um, you ever see like that magician paper? Yeah. Where they're like, like this it is burns, my, this is my card, call me. And then it flies up into like a, a ball it turns of flame. Into, or it turns into a bird or something. Yeah. Yeah. But like that's what it was. Like his whole body was just like burning up underneath it's the clothes. Awesome. And it looks really neat. And their clothes are still intact and everything. Yeah. That was super cool. Very cool. Yeah. So we, um, just to kind of backtrack. So Mitch Plague like behind a door because he can't find him. He just disappeared. Oh, yeah. This, I left at this part. Yeah. They open the door and he's right there. And you think he's going to attack him. But this is when he falls and just like disintegrates. Yeah. Yeah. 
So they're like, you know, we won the day, and it's all over. And these cops are carrying the doctor out to the car, and then all of a sudden she's like, I'm okay, I'm okay. And they put her down, and you can kind of tell something's going on. She's got that look of, like, she's not really the doctor anymore. And while they're driving, the doctor attacks the cops. Yeah. I did not remember this being like a possession movie. Dude, me that's either. what I'm saying. Because this... I, thought, I thought it was like a ghost and machine travel through the circuitry. Me too. Yeah, like traveling yeah. through the circuitry, you know. And then that's Act of... 3, man. This is... Yeah, man, it, yeah. Turns, it turns into that, basically. But yeah. I did not realize like this whole middle chunk was like, I'm going to do... Oh, I, I totally called this out. But like, I feel like the movie Fallen took a little note from this movie. Yeah. Where it's like oh, totally. yeah, the I killer totally... jumping through bodies and then like kind of has like... The limp or something distinguished to kind of like, oh, it's the killer, you know? Yeah. Like, I did not realize it was this movie, basically. Well, basically, the next, yeah, like 20 minutes is like this, I don't want to say it's a goofball scene, but it's like, basically, the last Friday, Friday 13th, and it's basically this killer jumping bodies. Oh, yeah. And um, you don't know who, yeah, like Jason goes to hell. Yeah, that's what I meant to say. And so, she dies, and she transfers over to a cop. Yeah, it was one of the cops that got injured. Yeah. Yeah. And it's actually, I do like the scene. So the cop comes to see Jonathan, and the cop's knocking on the door. And conveniently enough, the foster dad calls, calls up. He's like, hey, have you seen my cop buddy? He seemed to have gone Escaped missing from, from the, the hospital. hospital. Because you hang out with my cop buddy all the time, right? <laughs> yeah. And so we get another chase out scene where the cop is chasing Jonathan. And I do like this because it goes from the cop is on the ground and a jogger comes by. Oh yeah. And he's like, Hey, is he all right? And then the cop ends up shooting the jogger in the back. Yeah. Possessing the jogger. And then the jogger ends up possessing a little girl on a little bicycle. Or and it's just all in this park. It's like transferring body to body as this they is, chase Jonathan. This there's is, still people around, even though there's been about like 20 gunshots. Yeah, fired. people are still going about their day. Like call it just fireworks. Just you know, fireworks. Fourth of July in, weekend. In the middle of in noon. At yeah. Noon. And the, the the little girl part is pretty funny because I say she's kudos to the the parents of this child for, for letting her say, say those so many things. Curse words. Yeah, it's bizarre seeing a little girl say like she had like three or four good curse words in there, and she tries to control a bulldozer to kill Jonathan, and then the girl ends up possessing the daughter's mom. Yeah, and then get into a fight, and then basically that that doesn't last very long. The at mom all. goes to somebody else's walking or whatever. Yeah, and it but yeah, much, I, didn't, I didn't realize this whole thing was all possession, like, yeah. throughout the rest of this movie, basically. So, I gotta ask the question, why doesn't he ever try to catch up to Peter Berg, possess him... That's what I was calling and out. And then just kill himself. Later on in the movie, when he has a pretty good hold on him, yeah. via uh, Cherry from Pee-wee's Playhouse. Oh, via Cherry, okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Cherry. But yeah, he's like... It turns into a chi- like I don't understand like his abilities are so weird in this movie because it, apparently he can uh, uh, like well, I think possess in inanimate objects. I, guess. I think at a certain point when he goes into t- I think what when he goes into TV world yeah that means he can't possess bodies anymore yeah because I think it's just like his gateway to go between like other places I guess yeah but now he can't do he can't do bodies he can only do electronical devices oh that. Wait, are you serious? I think that's why. I think that's what why. What is electronical? Like I, I got it. <laughs> electronic, sorry, electronical. Electronic devices that, are like you know, for instance, the chair. Yeah. Or but the TVs. that chair's not an electronic device. Yes, it is. It's an. Is it really? Yeah. It's, it's plugged in. Chair. It's plugged into oh, the wall. Oh my god. Okay. That's what. We, yeah, we were talking about earlier with the massage chair. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. So right now he's just jumping through bodies, but I, I'm like, why doesn't he? And just then jump his ability, his like 
ability gets like transforms into a different ability now. Yeah. It's so like unexplained, I feel like, and unearned. Yes. <laughs> oh yeah, it gets I think it gets worse too. Um because at this point he has another dream sequence and his dead girlfriend pretty much tells him, like, hey, use this necklace. This is the only thing I can defeat him. Which I feel like it was just kind of like there just to use. Like, how do you defeat him? I don't know. Love. Yeah. Like, here's this necklace. It it's not. That's yeah. pretty much their go-to. See, this is the kind of thing, though, like in a foreign film. Okay. Like, it, it could be a Japanese film or an Italian film and a horror film like this. Where if the necklace popped up and, like, use this necklace to rid, rid the evil. And and as as us watching it and be like, oh, that's very artsy. Oh, but yeah. like us as American audience, that's true. we yeah. look at it as like that's cheap. <laughs> like play some more hair metal. Yeah, yeah. You more know, Mountain like, Dew, please. More Mountain Dew, please. <laughs> but that's Here, what, but like, use that's... this Dorito to help you. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, I take it back because this scene, the the whole necklace thing happens before this body switching scene. Because one of the bodies he transfers into, it's a construction worker. Yeah. Takes, like, the necklace on a, um, I can't remember what he Oh, it's a pickaxe. Yeah, a pickaxe and, like, launches it into the lake. Yeah. So that'll be the, the plot here for the next 40 minutes. We try to get <laughs> this. the longest period of time. Yeah. Like. And he's like, he's like, go get my goggles. He's well, he's like, like well, yeah, this is like, his whole next scene. Go ahead. He's like, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, basically, he, he meets up with the football coach, right uh, Ted Ramey, and his buddy. And he's like, He's like, I know where the necklace is in the bottom of the lake. I like I, all I need is my goggles. He's like, I just need someone to go to my house to get my goggles. I don't know why he can't go get them. Yeah. Oh, wait, because he's at an, um Wait, he's in... Why can't he go to the, his house to Are get you telling goggles? me or asking me? I feel like you're telling me... No, now I'm Because it's, figure... a, it's a crime scene for multiple murders. Yes. <laughs> but, oh, like, yeah. for some reason, he sends his coach and Ted Ramey to go get the goggles. Yeah. And it's like, why just go Just go buy a new pair of goggles? Like... I I would... If I sent somebody... If I sent $2.50 guys, goggles you have to get from your house. If I sent you guys to go get something from my apartment, I would not know where it is. I don't know why he would send two random people to go get it. Yeah. Like, well, he knows exactly. Yeah, he's like, I got a snorkel in my closet right above my shoes. Yeah, my next scuba to tank the... and my, my flippers <laughs> and everything. Yeah. So he sends Ted Ramey and the coach to go get it. And we end up finding out that. Because does his best buddy. His best buddy makes it through the whole movie, right? Yeah, he's yeah. alive. Okay. At the end. So he. They never show up with the. They're the an hour 15 late. Yeah. Whatever. And then. And he freaks out and he goes to try to look in the dark. He's like, don't worry about it. You're not going to find it. So he goes back home and he finds out that Ted Ramsey has been killed and the coach is possessed. Yeah. And the coach part's pretty cool because uh, the coach is kind of coming in and out of like, I'm possessed. I'm not. He's like strong-willed, I guess. So he can like kind of fight it, but not really. Yeah. And he ends up killing himself. Yeah. I mean, he's Peter Burke's like pretty bummed when he sees another one of his friends. I guess, die. Well, this whole movie is about everybody that's close to him dies. Yeah. I mean, you think about it, you have the foster family, you got his girlfriend, you got his coach, you got his buddy. Um, Yeah, a lot of his closestness dies in this movie. But uh, no, after the coach kills himself, this is when we kind of get our third act of the movie. Okay. Which it kind of transfers, because Mitch Plaguey doesn't really know what to do at this point. And his his ghost girlfriend shows up. I... But, absolutely laughed my ass off. Why? Is this the lake scene? No, no. This is when like she's in the apartment with them. Okay. And she's kind of protecting John from oh, like... I did, oh, yeah. I did laugh yeah. at this part. Actually. Why'd you laugh? Because she does her like Care Bear Cares like beam out of her chest. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. That is... I was like... <laughs> There's no rule. I think I wrote down the note. I was like, this movie was actually pretty There's no rules in one this part. <laughs> There's nothing in this movie that has like a, a tone of what they're trying to do. Yeah. 
Um, but she kind of like blocks him and everything. And that's when Pinker transfers himself into the wall. Like the the socket. Okay. Yeah, and he then, says, let's let's do this. Like, I'm going to give it a try. And then it's like stretchy. Does like stretch hand or whatever. Well, no, no, no. Yeah, his two fingers yeah. create like metal prongs to gotcha. put inside the... Yeah. And the stepdad shows up and he pretty much arrests him. Or his foster dad shows up and pretty much arrests him like saying, hey, you did all this. I'm not stupid. Yeah, and, it's almost like a sting operation or whatever. Yeah. And at that point, Mitch Blakey does possess his father. Yeah. This is like another, like another chase, like another chase sequence. A lot of chases. Yeah. yeah. Like with some hair metal, you know. Yeah, I was going to say, cue fun music, they climb like a TV tower. Uh, Don ends up, while he's possessed, chasing John. He complains about his heart condition. Don and John. Yep. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so Don fakes this whole heart condition thing. So Mitch Plaguey freaks out, leaves the body, and as he leaves the body, he happens to be in front of a television satellite dish. And that transfers him into, like, the yeah. television network. Yeah. I'll uh, stay tuned. Oh, nice reference. Thank you. Okay, we, there's too many chasings in this, but I really do like the fact that the scene previous, when Don shows up to his house, yeah. you legitimately think it's Don the entire time. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. And it's like you have no clue that it's actually... Um, Mitch Bluggy. Mitch Bluggy in his, like, body. Yeah, yeah. And I did this really cool setup for a scene. Because it was, like... Can't like really trust him, you know? He's yeah, because like, it's like, like oh, it's just Don, not? and like yeah. he's, you know, and then like all of a sudden, like at the end of that scene, you realize, wait, he the says whole scene that you thought does, was him and Don talking is he just like a one liner or whatever, and you're like, oh, it's him. Yeah, yeah, oh, that's just cool. Yeah, for sure. So I wish there was more of this stuff in the movie where it was like him cleverly using people's bodies to get what he wanted. I think it happens a little too much, it, especially in that park scene where it's like, okay, you just overuse that guy's ability in like one two minute chunk of screen time. Yeah. And you're like, okay, now you just know, like, can't trust anybody. You know, if it was, like, you sparingly, I feel like it would would have been much more effective. Like, oh, man, like, entire time he was, like, possessed by this dude. But, yeah, it's literally like multiple, changing. Multiple like, scenes, too many people. Like, multiple scenes person. where he's teaming up with Don to go solve some shit. Uh-huh. And then it's revealed, like, later he, like, sets up Peter Berg. He's like, oh, it was me the entire time. You know, whatever. It's almost like that whole scene was, like, a an old, like, silent movie comedy one reeler where it was like this this whole like one this whole this whole sequence is going to be in the park yeah and it's gonna be comedic and it's gonna be you know constant where he's switching through bodies to get to the next body to get the next and it's gonna be like a bunch of jokes on top like on stacked on top of each other yeah yeah um and it wasn't like it was too quick i feel like i feel like that scene would be cool if it was later on sure but I, i feel like in the beginning it should be him cleverly using people's bodies to get to John or like yeah, pick at the family or whatever. Yeah, yeah. As if, and then like, like as as it goes on, it gets more desperate, and then it's like all of a sudden that park sequence, and there's like five people getting possessed. So then it's almost like it should have just been straight up like a uh, which I feel like would have been bad because Mitch Plug is pretty solid in this movie. Yeah, but done like the child's play where he dies in the beginning of the movie or executed in the beginning of the movie, then he's like stalking Peter Berg via. Multiple bodies. Yeah. But, yeah. Then, but then you're losing Mitch Plaggy throughout the entire movie, basically. Yeah, you are. Which he's pretty much the star of this yeah. movie. Or the reason it is good. I yeah, think. yeah. Uh, so John ends up going to jail, but then they find out that there's some there's murder still going on. They can't really pin it on John. So he calls upon his crew and a TV reporter. And he gets a TV reporter inside his family's house. And he goes, hey, five minutes before midnight, he's like, I'll bring him here. 
And the news reporter's like, all right, go for it. And at this point, you got all these different things going on. The crew breaks into the TV, the TV station, and they're there for a while. It's a big crew to really do nothing, because they all, like, they cut this fence, and there are, like, eight of them climbing underneath it. <laughs> and you only need the one guy who's pretty much just going to kill the you breaker. Need, you need Rhino and then just one good uh, football yeah. football player to help him out with this. Not, like, yeah. multiple people carrying one piece of equipment. Yeah, this is uh, it, they're they're totally like the football team from Beetlejuice at this point. Yeah, where they're all just kind of like running around in like a huddle the entire <laughs> yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. Like, you sure this is the right thing to do? Yeah. Like, I think we died in that crash. <laughs> but, coach, I think we. <laughs> I don't think we survived that crash. John ends up swimming and he ends up getting the necklace, and it cuts and he wakes back up and he's in bed. And meanwhile, Pickers ends up in the TV. And you hear him kill like the announcer of like this nature show. So this is what I was. I actually wrote this question as like, so he's killing pre-taped people. That's what I was wondering. Yeah, that's weird. But then he's also interacting with newscasters as they're uh, announcing the news, which live. is fine. I'm okay with that because then they're actually like outside of the television. Yeah, but this is a pre-recorded nature documentary, and he's killing the announcer. So it's weird. This doesn't make sense, but the other ones do because like okay, the, new, the news station makes make sense because it's live. Yeah. That's why he interacts with John Tesh is yeah. because that one's live, and that's why. Did you get that? Like when they when they pass through? Yeah. Um, that, I I don't understand how he does. He kill the narrator of this. Yeah, he does. Okay. Because don't you hear him like? Ugh! Yeah, like, that's weird. He does like a yeah. He totally kills him. Yeah, I was hoping. Okay, I was really kind of hoping for more of this in this movie, more of this like stuck in the TV, like, stay tuned kind of thing for the last hour. Which is basically they do that in stay tuned where they're going through multiple channels yeah. and, like, interacting with the characters and hosts of the television shows there and stuff. And it's all, yeah, it's all, like, uh... The Hell Network. Hell Network. Yeah. That's a creepy movie. It's stupid. It's a bad movie. <laughs> I feel like a double feature of, um, stay tuned and... Kong Child? I know it won't. Uh, stay tuned, and then the movie with uh, Chevy Chase and Dan Aykroyd. We always talk about. Oh uh, my god, nothing, nothing but trouble. trouble. Yeah, nothing but that trouble. And stay tuned, back to back, man. Nothing but trouble is a gross movie. Yeah, I know, I know. Sausages. <sighs> um, so, well, at at some point, the um, Jonathan is dreaming. He ends up seeing like all the people that died, except for the Foster family. I think the mom's there. I'm pretty sure the mother's there when I he sees all like, these people. I think they're way in the background. I think they forgot about the meeting. But yeah, it's mostly just Ted Raimi and the coach. Yeah. And it's pretty much as like, go get him, you can do it. And John wakes up, and he goes and he sits in his electric chair, and then this is when, I don't know, the chair comes to life, a la Spy Hard. Um, yeah, it's like, <laughs> yeah, it's like the arms are the armrest. And yeah, stuff. and then all of a sudden, like, this chair starts attacking him and grabbing him, and ends up being Picker. He transferred into the chair, which is plugged into the wall, so it's technically electricity, yeah, and I wish actually kind of wish there's more of this in this movie, but like he's a blender at one point. Yeah, you like, see like the little eyeballs like walk, you know, moving around. And he's and like the what, like the fridge, and he's spitting ice at him. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. 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 Uh, see, it sounds stupid, doesn't it? It sounds. You still really, wish it. <laughs> I still wish it for sure. Uh, but yeah, he's like, like game genie at one point. He's like, <laughs> like I got all the cheat codes. <laughs> uh, get none of them. <laughs> but uh. Actually, again, here here's another uh, scene with the good effects. Is like when he transforms from the chair into uh, human form or ghost form or whatever. Okay, yeah, like that's kind of cool too. Or it's yeah. like the static. Like I static. really like the static look. I think it's it could look really cheesy. But I think it works for nineteen nine or eight nineteen ninety nine. It really works. Yeah. yeah, and I think it's a good look for like a iconic 
uh, slasher killer. Yeah, because they, they could have made him look pale or something. I feel like this gave or it... Or just regular form with the prison jumpsuit. So, but, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But the fact that it's like static electricity is kind of awesome. Yep. Uh, Picker ends up... Pick, pick, picker? Is it Picker? Or I think it's Pinker. Uh, Pinker. Pinker. Pinker ends up making a joke about Volkswagen. Uh, all the Nightmare on Elm Street, those one-liners. Okay. Um, John holds up the necklace and Pinker jumps into the TV. And John does this whole, man, I really hope this works. Give me the power to do this. And he jumps into the TV. Like, if I didn't know I could jump into the TV, I'd maybe, like, put my hand in. Like, I wouldn't take that initial first dive because you're going to kill yourself. Yeah. But John ends up getting into the TV. And then this is when the movie just goes in a completely different direction. This is actually a dream fantasy. He actually jumped headfirst into the TV and then got another concussion, like, in the beginning of the movie. (laughs) That was what it was. He wakes up and he's Peter Berg. And it's like it's the beginning of the movie. Like, hey, good play. Yeah. Yeah. What? (laughs) (laughs) The credits. Yeah. So it's them fighting on television as they go through different channels and different movies and shows. And it shows like Pinker, like they're, they're in war fighting each other. And then it cuts to leave at the beaver and Pinker is chasing John and John's yelling at beaver to help him. Like yeah. you actually remember like beaver, beaver. <laughs> He's like, which I laughed pretty hard at. Uh, they're in an Alice Cooper video. They're yeah. at the Hindenburg crash. Yeah. Um, so it's like another thing was like how, does this TV reality work? Okay. Because like uh, that atomic bomb goes off, then Peter Berg starts going flying. Like whoa, dude! I laughed pretty hard at that because there's like five explosions and yeah. he just keeps getting tossed around. Yeah, but like, then doesn't it, make sense. It ends up cutting to his real family. And okay, so side note, I put it at this point. I said, man, I really feel like this would have been an Edward Furlong movie. Does it not feel... I feel like Ed Furlong could have been, like, the main character. He can take out, like, the football stuff, but, like, he was, like, brushed his hair back. Yeah, give him a dirt bike. (laughs) Yeah, and they killed my foster parents. (laughs) You know, or, like, I don't know. It just feels like... There's another Ed Furlong movie. There is. It's called... It's called Brain Scan. It's a ballad. Yeah, it's... I think that's probably what I'm thinking of. A killer video game. That's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. Yeah. Stay tuned, maybe? Possibly. Um, So he ends up running into his real family, and... John turns the station on to like it, it's weird how this whole thing like comes together, but he turns the station on of the reporter so that he can jump out to where the news reporters were. Yeah, because he's like, I'm going to bring you proof uh, that this guy exists. Blah, so he's blah. pretty much bringing where they were going to film at five minutes till midnight. Yeah, he's bringing Pinker out into the real world, a la Nightmare on Elm Street, pretty much. And so they have this whole showdown. Um, and for some reason, for some reason, Johnny has a remote control and he can pause and fast forward Pinkerton. And this makes no sense. He has a, he's, it's a different name every time I say it. Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> that's, a, that's a Weezer album. I haven't paid, I haven't paid attention. <laughs> okay. So yeah, he can like make Pinker like jump up and down in the bed and like hit himself in the head with a lamp. It's really goofy. Yeah. Um, I feel like. Really looking into it, Mitch Plaguey probably felt really dumb. Like, all right, now hit your head with the lamp. Like, run into the wall. Like, jump Actually, on the bed. That was the fast. only part of it I like was the the rewind when he's like hitting himself. With the it lamp. looks really good. But other than that, was really. I laughed at it. Yeah, I didn't think it was like horrible, but he pretty much makes him jump on the bed and he freezes him. And when he freezes him, you think he's gonna kill him, yeah. but he can't. Um, I don't know if it's just because it's his dad or what, but he won't do it. And then. <laughs> Um, at the same time, they blow up the grid. And how does this all come together? Like, they blow up... 
The dudes are blowing up the grid. Dude, I'm lost in all of this right here. This stuff makes no sense. How I did not get like the whole plan of like, he's like, Rhino, hit it. Yeah, he breaks the grid so all the power shuts off in the counting, right? Yeah. So that means all the TV shut off. Except and that means... for, I guess he can't travel. Well, yeah. here's what I have on my notes, and this is exactly what happens. So he freezes him midair, and he won't kill him. And then at that point, the, the breaker blows, and so he can't get into like the TV world. But as he does that, John puts the necklace on the camera. That's right, yeah. Jumps into the camera, and then grid blows, and then Pinker turns to pixels. There you go. John walks outside, sees all the stars. He's like, nice night. And you hear his girlfriend go, hey, take care of yourself. Like, if I was really in love with someone, that was like the last thing they said to me. Like, hey, deuces. 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 (laughs) Deuce beefcake. Um, (laughs) And like him and all the neighbors are outside, and they look up and they look at the stars, like, yeah, nice night. And like, yeah, yeah, it's like the end of um, the cable guy. Yeah. Where like yeah. everyone just like picks up books and starts reading. Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. What, what, wait, did they do that in that movie? I thought it was, yeah. I thought it was Truman Show. No, it's Cable Guy. Oh, okay. Yeah. And Truman Show, I think some of them do, but I think they just, yeah. Yeah, it cuts to Kyle Gass from yeah. uh, Tenacious D. Yeah, it starts shaking his head like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I like to think, I I feel like this is my joke for most movies I haven't really said out loud, but I like to think he came out and like, yeah, nice night, right? And he's like, yeah, we're the monster squad. <laughs> it's a similar ending to uh, People Under the Stairs. Oh, it's like spot it on. Everybody's outside. Ch- <laughs> chaos, walking outside, yeah. and then it's just like, and credits. Leaving the chaos. You know what? And you said something earlier. And then, I, oh, I was going to say it one more time. I was going to say, you said something earlier that I had never really thought about. But you talked about um, Chrissy Swanson dying early in Deadly Friend. And then the girlfriend dies early in this. Yeah. And then we talked about some other movies. And I feel like if you are a Wes Craven fan, I remember at the time, the whole Drew Nightmare Barrymore. I was going to say the whole, yeah, Diamond Elm Street. The whole Drew Barrymore thing and Scream. I remember it was a Big. huge shock. And like, yeah. oh man, but I bet if you're a Wes Craven fan, you're like, okay, yeah, he That's usually weird. does that in his movies. Like, all of his movies have somebody you think is going to be a main character die in the beginning. Even yeah. in Last House on the Left. Yep. Yeah. Falling the main character. It's dies. weird. So yeah, if you're a fan, you probably saw it coming. Very, very weird. But yeah, but I, I think it's because it's Drew Barrymore though. That's that's why. like a big, big like you know, it's the a girl bit, from yeah. ET. Yeah, like, like she's know. a big star. That's the only difference out of all those girls is that she's like a big star at that point, and yeah. she's on the front of the poster. Yeah, she's one of the eight cast members in that uh, foreground background setup that they did. She's the front one. Isn't is she? she? Yeah, no, it's Campbell. Nev Campbell. No, Nev Campbell's not the. I don't think Nev Campbell's on front until she's, the second one, right? No, she's on the front one. Yeah, she didn't, no, no, Drew Barrymore is the only one who's on the front. Not in the first movie. Yeah, Drew Barrymore is on the front of the, the front cover. Maybe not the very no, front. The, the, yeah, the, the mountain of people, the yeah. mountain of heads. Oh, the mountain of people. Yeah. Oh, okay, she, I was going to say the she, cover, like the gray-looking cover. Oh, yeah, yeah. Is yeah. Drew Barrymore. With, with the eyes and the... Yeah, you know, the, hold her mouth. Yeah. yeah. No, with the the the, the style that they used to do for all the 2000s. Yeah, Drew Barrymore was in the... mountain of heads. Yeah, but she wasn't the four, like the very front. It was Neff Campbell. I can't remember to be honest. With you. I think it was Neff Campbell. I kinda, I She's probably in the third row. We're gonna look this on up. the left. We'll look it up. How about this? We'll look it up and get back to you on our stream <laughs> podcast in a couple weeks. Yeah, uh, but, or I can just show you right now because I pulled it up <laughs> that she is the front runner in the poster. No shit. She's actually well, got the biggest is. head out of all of them. She's got. Wow. She got first dibs on that uh, credit. Yeah, but so, uh, according, I was, saying, oh, I was just just to tack on to that. Uh, 
the ending where it's like always they leave the house and stuff. Yeah. Same thing in Scream and Scream 2. Yeah. And maybe Scream 3 as well. Man, and I'll tell you what. Four. <laughs> we've never really picked a director and dissected him like we have today or just in general. But yeah, it's I always feel just, like we're finding a style. Let's walk out and go off into the, the sunrise or whatever. So if we wanted to do a replica of a Wes Craven movie, so far we'd kill off a main character in the, within the first 20, okay. 30 minutes. We'd end off walking out of the house into the streets. Maybe some, maybe some 90s hip-hop. Maybe uh, suburban, suburban, uh, suburban life. Suburban, yeah. suburban life. Okay. Uh, we pan out. It's really re- reveal a yeah, wide shot. Yeah, it's a nice shot. little like dolly up. You know, yeah, with dolly the, up, panning out. Yeah, panning out. Wide shot. The uh, cop cars. You know, maybe some chaos. So some of the chaos outside. Yeah. Sunrise. Sunrise, yes. Sunrise, maybe sunrise, sunrise, yeah. So that's all we got so far. And then well, credits, yeah. And then, uh, and then we had to make it uh, rated X. Yeah, and then cut it down to a rated yeah. R. Because at least eight producers. Because no surprise, when we get to it, Scream was rated X at one point. Yeah. yeah. So well, NC-17. I get the why Scream was that was pretty. Yeah. That movie is actually pretty brutal. But yeah. we'll save it for the Scream podcast. So at this point, we are second movie into Wes Craven, Westover, and this movie got a twenty percent Rotten Tomatoes, which is twenty percent more than Deadly Friend got. Do you think this is better than Deadly Friend? Yes, I think this is definitely twenty twenty percent better than Deadly Friend. Do you think? Do you it's think not it's... a bad movie. My thing is, it's not a bad movie. It's a slow movie. It's structured weird. I would never recommend it to anybody because it's not. It doesn't have anything to be like... It's a total background doing stuff. Yeah, it doesn't have anything that's like really great where it's just like, oh man, you gotta see Shocker because of this. You know? Like, I would sit there and recommend like Serpent in the Rainbow because it'd be like, hey, it's like a real life story of zombies. Yeah. Check that out, you know? Uh, People Under the Stairs would be like, yeah, it's like a a legit kid horror movie. You gotta see this movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but with Shocker, I just, there's nothing that like grabs me like, do you like Skinner from X-Files? Man, wait till I got the movie for you. <laughs> well, let me ask you. It's a yes or no. Recommend or not? No, I wouldn't recommend it. I think there's better ones in Wes Craven's filmography. Recommend it or not? No. No, because okay. you're going to say yes. Um, I wouldn't. I like Deadly really? Friend over this. You'd recommend what? Deadly Friend over Shocker? I think so. Yes or no? I Which would, would you yeah, recommend? You yes or no? You can't say I think so. No, nah, I like Shocker. Left, Shocker's more entertaining. Handed. Yeah, okay. Shocker's so more would you recommend Shocker? Yes. If I had to pick the two Shockers recommended over Deadly Friend. Deadly I would recommend. Boring. I would re- okay, if I had to pick, I'd recommend Shocker for sure. Yeah. Okay. Deadly Friend's boring. But then again, I'd be like, you got to see the head explosion. And death <laughs> they can see that anywhere. They can see that anywhere. That really does make the movie. It really does make the movie. So before we go... We all try to watch as many horror movies as we can in October. I have had a swell time so far. Oh, cool. I watched. Have you heard Chris's list yet? I he was so, kind of telling me earlier in dude, the car. So I watched some bad. good ones. I was say he's like, watched some really goofy movies. So at this point of recording, it's October eighth, and I have watched eleven or twelve movies. So I'm doing pretty good. Okay. Um, yeah, actually, that's great, man. I, I, I did. Behind. I did Hereditary. Yeah. Loved it. Okay. Whoa, uh, whoa. We we talked about this. It had to settle in. It settled in. Okay. It's kind of like a deadly friend type I thing. Was, yeah. You know what? I was the same way. It, like, I, I didn't love it leaving it, but when I kept the fact that I kept thinking about it the next Said day. Said something. You know what? I, was like, I yeah, think it's I because really we talked it. about it. Yeah. And the fact that I keep talking about it with everybody I meet and everybody who saw it, I'm like. Everybody you meet? Everybody I meet. Hey, I met. Grocery store. Hi, have you seen Hereditary? <laughs> but, Elementary <laughs> schools. Hi, Miss, uh, miss So and So. Have you seen Hereditary? <laughs> I watched the Dawn of the Dead Churches. remake. Go ahead. Dawn of the Dead remake. Did it hold up? Yeah, it was good. Okay. Oh, that's a, okay. That's a good one. How say you watched that? It was good. I like it. Yeah, that's I'm gonna do it. Halloween remake. Is that the uh, Rob Zombie? Rob Zombie one. Yeah, it was rough. Yeah. Uh, Drag me to hell. How did it hold up? Yeah. Really? It was okay. Okay. It was fun. Yeah, I like it. Um, we all three of us watched Hideaway. 
Oh, no, I was actually going to suggest... I didn't put that down. Uh, no, I was going to actually suggest that we talk about uh, our history of trying to watch uh, Shocker. Oh. Where we uh, didn't watch Shocker, but watched Hideaway instead. Okay, so real quick story. Oh, I won't take too so long. <laughs> so we recorded an episode, and we kept talking about, hey, let's all watch Shocker together. We it was actually, a good time. It was actually right after we recorded Deadly Friend. Yeah. Well, we weren't anticipating hanging out. You we just, thought it was going to be the end of the night. And so we're like, hey, when are we going to find a time to watch Shocker together? I don't think it's going to happen. Okay, bummer. No big yeah, deal. Yeah, we'll plan for next week or something. Yeah. But let me uh, show you the scene from Hideaway. And I show him the beginning scene to Hideaway because I watched it the other night. We all laugh, and we end up watching the full movie, and it was pretty bad. And by the time the credits hit, I was like, oh, man, we totally could watch Shocker tonight. We all realized And that like, was like, oh, man. And like, just, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was, was like an like, hour and 50 minutes later. I was totally like, like lounging around, like, you know, watching, you know, whatever. And we're like, oh, this is really funny. Oh, you know, we're never going to do an episode on this. Yeah. And it was just like, it was a bad movie. Yeah. Was, we weren't really paying attention, but we knew it was a bad we were movie. Making, yeah. we, were, we were roasting it. But we literally could have watched just the beginning and end scene. And it would have been perfect. Oh, yeah. totally. So to continue on, so something I watched Jacob's Ladder. Uh, okay, does that get hold up? Hold I remember up. it being it was pretty good. terrifying. Yeah, it was good. It had some pretty memorable yeah. parts. Um, watch the fly again, uh, just for the background. Then obviously Shocker. But now here's where it gets really good. God. Yeah, here it is. Here's the list. <clears throat> here we go. Gremlins two. Really? Yeah. That's your rough list. Like, yeah, this is the rough list. Okay. Gremlins two, Creepshow two, Halloween four, Halloween five. <laughs> I watch Halloween. Pumpkinhead two. <laughs> American Psycho 2. Oh my god. Killer Clowns from Outer Space. <laughs> so. The Killer Clowns hold up? Yeah, it I was fun. You, I, really I enjoyed like, it this time. I watched Halloween 4 and 5 as well. Yeah. 4, I think, is actually an alright movie. Didn't you watch American Warrior from Paris? Oh, I started it. I didn't finish it. Okay. So I will. You, Don't you worry. You stood by that early podcast. You were like, we need to do that movie because it's like an American classic. I never said I was going to say, my list so far, I only got seven. Oh, let me. Uh, yeah, Halloween yeah, 4, Hunter, was, Halloween 4 was alright. Halloween Five is really bad. Um, I I like them both equally. I yeah. feel like they're the same movie to me. Like they, you have to they watch do, them together. It's the same character. Or whatever. Yeah. it's like the similar to the Halloween One and Two. Yeah, they, they just flow together. Okay, I watched some. I'm going for more spooky stuff this year. Okay. I watched Drag Me to Hell to kick it off. Okay, what what do you think? I like Drag Me to Hell. I liked it too. If there was no CGI in it, man, that movie would CGI have such. Kills it. it would have such a big horror following. Yeah. You know, but it, that's. I think uh, was it Alison Lohman or whatever. Yeah, she uh is awesome in the movie, but she kind of vanished. Uh, she did. I, I looked her up after the movie, and she's done like two things. She was like in that. something like 2015 or something, and just like is in nothing yeah. else. But she was also we, in uh, Matchstick Men. That's she's pretty good in that movie. That's it makes movie. me think about like now. Okay, and I'm not saying anything happened to her, but like the whole hashtag Me Too movement. Yeah. A lot of women actresses are coming out right now, like saying that they got blacklisted. Now I'm not saying anything like that happened to her. But it makes me think Maybe she now shied away it's like, from doing more work because of stuff that was happening. No. Oh. No, I'm not okay. saying that. What okay. words in my mouth, though? Um, <laughs> Why are you talking about What I'm saying that? is, like, maybe, like, she got blacklisted. Okay. For, like, just not, like, being in the right crowds or, like, you know, she got into a fight with somebody. Because she was, like, a pretty a decent actress. And she she's was popping like, up and stuff. I mean, she's, she's a cute girl. And I was like, she I'm, was excellent in both those movies. Yeah. And I was trying to think, I was like, where did you, like, how come she never, she like, wasn't like off? a name though. She wasn't a big actress, but that's what I'm saying. Like with certain actors and actresses, um, can they get blacklisted and not just like take off? Or maybe she just had kids and maybe she decided oh, yeah. to be a second. And that's, that, that's true too. Yeah. But I, I was watching that when I was, I was wondering that when I was watching, I was like, what the hell happened to her? Yeah. 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 Uh, I watched The Devil Danny Webster, which is an older movie. I don't think I've seen that. I watched this TV movie from the 70s called Dead of Night. 
It popped up on Shudder. Dead of Night. I, I think I may have seen this on Shudder. And it's like, uh, it's an anthology movie. It's three stories. It's about like 70 minutes long. If you're ever looking for a quick Is it worth burner, checking out? I think it's worth checking out. The last one on there is really, really slow. Okay. Until like the final image. And it's like really creeped me out. Okay. Yeah. Really, was it like it one of those... Of, uh, it kind of got to me because I was like, was, what the hell? Was it the... Like, was it one of the... Uh, was it what happens? Does your eye get teary or one? Yeah, I get teary eyed. Did you get teary eyed? No, because I was like, I was like about to fall asleep because yeah. it's a seventies movie, right? And I'm yeah. and I'm watching it when I get home from work, and I'm just and then like I was starting to fall out, and then like they showed it, and I was like, oh, yeah. and I was wide awake. Nice. Uh, I watched a movie called Blythe Spirit, which is a fun Halloween movie. Okay. I watched The Beyond. Oh, that's so gross. I watched this uh, on. Dude, this gnarly. Again. I watched. Uh, I woke up to it uh, when, because you know, Shutter has the twenty-four hour channel. Yep. I woke up to this. Yeah, uh, one of the grossest scenes in that movie uh, is it the intestines, right? That no, how- that's uh, City of the Living Dead. Oh, okay. So I get this mixed up too. So sorry. Yeah, yeah it's- the Beyond's like it's gross it, for sure. It's not the H.P. Uh, Lovecraft or. Or no, that, it's a it's you're you got the so, same director. So I get it's from, Fulci. So I get okay. So I get from Beyond and the Beyond uh, mixed up all the Me time. Me too. I okay. didn't know those were two different movies. Yeah. yeah, there's one that's the uh, with um, it's a Stuart Wilson with the guy yeah. from Reanimator. Yep. That's I the Beyond, about. right? From Beyond. From Beyond, and then the one you're talking about is the Beyond. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. We're on the same page. I watched the first time I watched the Beyond. It was called Seven Doors of Death. I okay. bought it for three bucks at Myers. Okay. And like nice. it was disgusting, dude. Yeah. And I got rid of it. So Italian, I, I decided it's an Italian like Italian movie, man. Italian directors are super gross. He's gross. Lu- Lucia yeah, Fulci, Fulci is just because he did like the zombie movies. Yeah, yeah. He his stuff is gnarly to watch. It's the, and, like, it's like the slow kills, but it's like super super close up. It's super yeah, graphic, and just man. putty. It's very putty. Yeah, it's puttyish. Yeah. Um, the worst one I think I've seen from him so far because I haven't seen Sid Living Dead. I've only seen clips from it. Yeah. The worst one I've seen from him is um, New York Ripper. You? I thought you liked that movie. No, I didn't. Okay. It was gross. No, it maybe, was like yeah. a lot of like that close up to death where it's just, they go on forever and you're like, I feel dirty. I think Dario Argento is the, the, the furthest I can go with that. I really like Argento. I do too. I think that's a, that's a, about where I can handle with the I need to up. watch him some yeah. more. I've only watched Suspiria and Mother of Tears. And then there was the one at the movie theater, or did he produce that's, that? That's, yeah, that's, 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 that's produced. He produced. Okay, that's, yeah. So just uh, was, so yeah. check out Deep Red. That's Profondo Rosso. Yeah, that's Mario my... Bava. I think that's Mario Bava's son. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, don't know who that is. I think it's Lamario. Uh, Mario Bava is like an old time. What is it? Timey director. It's his son. Who oh, Lamario Lamar- Lopez. Yeah, Lamario <laughs> Lopez. Um, and then another one I watched was. Um, uh, Another one I watched last night was Prince of Darkness. Okay. Yeah. How's that? It's okay. Yeah. It's kind of a... Honestly, I think the casting in that movie is a little weak, and I think it's what ruins that movie. Dennis Dunn is, like, totally the exact opposite uh, role in that movie. Yeah, but he's just kind of like... He's good, and uh, Donald Pleasance is good. There's some good casting, but they're not the main characters. Yeah. Like, the main characters are kind of just, like, okay. And then to tie it into Shocker, Alice Cooper's in, in that movie. Yeah, oh yeah, there yeah. he is. So yeah. that's mostly been my list so far. Haunted mine's mine's very short. Uh, Halloween four and five, okay. which we were talking about. I watched uh, a movie from Australia called The Loved Ones. Okay, I think that's on uh, Amazon Prime right now mm-hmm. for free. But it's basically the plot is like a uh, high school student gets into a tragic like accident, 
and then it cuts to like you know a year or two later and then he gets asked to prom from a girl he rejects her because he's going with his girlfriend and then it turns out he gets kidnapped by this girl's father and he's basically held held in captivity and they're doing their own prom at this house okay that's cool oh, really? and it's very brutal oh uh, that name that guy's name was Lam- uh Lam- it's lamario lopez lamario it's not lopez. lamario it's uh <laughs> Lamberto Bava. Lamberto Bava. I was close. Yeah. I'm human. Star of... Christopher Lamberto Bava. Christopher Lamberto Bava. <laughs> Star of... La, La Saved by the Bell. There you go. Yeah. Nice. So uh, what else? And then I watched... Um, it's a found footage like... mock or not? It's like a Blair Witch type movie. Found footage movie. Uh, called Hell House LLC. Yeah, I've seen that pop up a lot on... Uh, so yeah, what did you think of it? I actually dug the first movie quite a bit. Um, it's basically about a group of people that are, they do like haunted houses, uh, around the country and they find this, 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 uh, abandoned like hotel called Hell House, the Abingdon house. And they decided to like, they're going to set up shop there, create their haunted house. So the whole thing is recounting as they enter the house, stay the, for, I think it's like four weeks or something. They're like setting up everything, but like slowly... They start noticing weird stuff going on. Yeah. And uh, it actually, the movie, it's not a spoiler, but it opens up on uh, the first night of the haunted house attraction. And it's like people running out, screaming. And it turns out like 15 people die, like in this haunted house. And then it's like people investigate. This is all the opening? Yeah. Okay. It's not, it's the plot of the yeah. movie. Yeah. So it's I was basically. It's the same plot of what is it, that movie that came, you show, you, Chris, you showed us a trailer of it, it came Hellfest? out. Hellfest? What is it? Hellfest. Oh, I mean, Hellfest. This, this movie came out like twenty uh, twelve. No, I know. I'm yeah. saying, but that's the same plot as Hellfest, right? Where it's like that's a real that, haunted house. But that's like house, this is like I think it. that that other one is like a serial killer. I think you're talking about Hellfest. Hellfest this entire time. Oh no, you're describing Hellfest. I'm not. I think you were the entire time. What? I just get out of here. <laughs> but yeah, the whole movie is them like kind of. It's their time in the the haunted house. Okay. And see what happens, and I watched the sequel, and it is. It sucks. It's bad. Really? It's it's because they do the whole thing where they have to explain what it's all about. You know, yeah. I'm so glad you told me that because when you texted us about that movie, I thought you said watch the second one. Oh no, no, no! And so I got ready to the other day. Skip the first so... one. Why would you skip the first movie? <laughs> because I thought maybe it was one of those ones you didn't have to see. Because that's apparently his what he's doing this Halloween. He's just yeah, I gotta watch first... Fly Two instead of Fly yeah, because I was recommended to me. First I already movies. watched it. I like Eric Stoltz. He's my favorite actor of all time. You know time. what? Second movie I almost watched the other day. And I was like, I, I saw it on, uh, we talked about Shudder a lot in this episode. Oh, I mean, you realize the hell TV. out of Shudder. They keep playing it, but it's Blair Witch 2. I, I was I've like, seen it too, yeah. I put it on for, like, it was on there and I was watching it for a second because they did their live stream yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And I was watching it and I was like, man, this movie is pretty bad. I watched it for like a total it's got, like, uh, two minutes before it's got, it uh, It's got Burn Notice, Jeffrey Donovan. Yeah. This is Sorry, and he's awesome now. He's but it's like, a lot of good stuff. It's a bad movie because the first one is just so awesome. This is honestly like, like Blair Witch 2 where it's like, okay, this is what it's all about. Yeah, like why did they go in this direction? This is such a weird direction to go in for this movie. Because the found footage in Blair Witch actually happened, right? Yeah. Okay, okay. But it was cool, but it was like, the second one, like we're just going to go, we're just turning into a straight narrative. And it's like, why would you not continue... Like Paranormal Activity, like why would you not continue the yeah. found footage? Like, yeah, it was very successful. Dude, you want to watch a rough one? Watch American Psycho Two. <laughs> I, that might be. Is that with uh, Mila Kunis? Yeah, William Shatner. Mila Kunis and William Shatner. Wow. I don't want to say two box office dude, stars. I don't want to say it's the worst movie I've ever seen, but it might be. 
I've seen probably worse. No, this is rough, dude. And it has nothing to do with American Psycho. I guess they filmed the movie, or they wrote it. And then they're like, you know what? We should make this a sequel to American Psycho 2. So at the very beginning of the movie, um, she's her babysitter is killed by Patrick Bateman. Okay. And she picks up one of Patrick Bateman's knives and kills Patrick Bateman. Oh, Patrick Bateman dies? Yeah, that's how they made this into American Psycho 2. And then she's all grown up, and then she's a killer now. This movie had nothing to do with American Psycho, and they added that beginning scene in, and now oh, it's American Psycho. Oh, it was like a post. Oh, really? Like a post? Yeah, there was a different title. I can't remember what it was. It was called um, Will She Ever Die or She Never Die or something like okay. that. Okay. had a completely different title, and then they rewrote it to make an American Psycho too. Wow. That's, that's weird. That's I've never heard lame. of that before. So would I have liked it if it had a different name? Probably not. I say nothing's going to change it. You no. know, that's not going to change her. But know. I feel like it's so tainted that you just see it and you're like, Ooh, that's so yeah. weird. You could do that with like any movie. Like you could make like a completely different movie, like a werewolf movie. And yeah. then like as long as you edit a beginning in the scene where like his grandpa's Indiana Jones and you're like <laughs> Indiana Jones five and then just call it back like <laughs> That's uh, crazy. I've never heard of that. You could make um you could make um <laughs> Um, someone's grandpa is Indiana Jones. Like, yeah. boom, neighbors too. Nice. <laughs> cool, I like that. Or no, you know what I meant? Yeah, yeah I messed up that joke. No, I got it, dude. I'm well, you're good. You're good. Butchered, Butchered. stinker, beefcake. Uh, and then the last movie I watched was uh, a movie I've talked about several times. I feel like early on in this show's history, uh, but it's a movie called Severance. Okay. Oh, it's okay. On, this is on my list. It's on Shutter. So I, I it, okay. So this movie, along with like say Departed. They're movies I can literally put on whenever and just watch it. Like, really? It's like an easy watch for me. And I don't, I want, I'm curious to see what you guys think about it. Okay. okay. I'll watch it. I, I put it on my list after you texted it out to us. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to watch this one because I remember hearing about it when it came out. Yeah. Um, it's but, actually an old, older movie. It's from like 2005, I think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I didn't realize how old it I think it I was. remember reading about it in Entertainment Weekly. Because it was around the same, t- uh, same time I think Shaun of the Dead came out, which is 2004. So it was kind of like they're promoting like this. Uh, horror comedy from the UK. Yeah. Oh, and, yeah. You know, kind of like scary but funny, you know. Yeah. Which it does actually have some funny parts in it. Okay, I'm going to watch that one. Is there a second one? No, I don't and, think so. It kind of uh, actually. Hard pass. It actually just kind of. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, there is. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's okay. all I have so far. Um, and then, other than that, I've been doing Soundtrack Hunter uh, posts. You want to go? You can yeah. promote it. Go so, for like, it. Uh, this is the third year I've been doing it. 31 days of Halloween. And every day I usually just pick a movie score that I'm listening to and then just post a track from it. Yeah. It's fun stuff. That's yeah. cool. I follow it. It's a it's an interesting challenge. It's actually very hard to do. I'm sure. Because uh, you can't do any repeats, right? Yeah, I've actually haven't done a single repeat yet. No? So, in the third is Horror, the third sh- you should be good with horror, though, because there's so many horror sounds. There's actually a lot of good stuff. And a lot of the big ones... You haven't, like, we haven't been able to, like, because we all collect horror soundtracks. Yeah. But a lot of the big ones we haven't been able to get hold of yet, like Bram Stoker's Dracula. Yeah, that's or a, yeah. The Nightmare on Elm Street. Pr- uh, prom Night. Prom Night. We all, we really badly all want Prom Night. <laughs> that, I mean, dock it if you want. I dig disco, and it's a pretty good killer disco uh, album. I was trying to explain to my fiance the other day about Prom Night because we yeah. were watching that on Shutter. That movie stinks. On Shutter Live, I was like, "Yeah, they play the same song for about forty minutes." In this yeah, movie. <laughs> but actually, there's actually uh, a lot of songs on that. Yeah, there soundtrack. Are. I just like my story better. Yeah, you know? I do. <laughs> I like the way I tell it. Better. Oh yeah, I like I uh, tell it. on day eight, about to go on day nine, and keeping up with it. Yeah, good for you. Yeah, so. Good diet. But join us next week as we continue our Westover coverage. Um, Deadly Friend was kind of Honto's pick and then Shocker was kind of my pick and then we have a group pick at the end of the month 
Which so, is Scream. We've talked scream. about that. And so that leaves Matt's pick, which is next. Matt, what's your Wes Craven pick? I know I'm asking Matt this, putting him on the spot, and he's got like seven movies. Yeah, we talked about that. We got, I got about three movies we on t- my we list. We talked about one in particular several times that I feel like we have to do at some point. I don't know. Whether it be for West Westober or just... Here's my issue. Okay, here's my issue. Deadly Friend was a bad movie. Yeah. Shocker was a little bit better. Yeah, it's actually it was actually entertaining an entertaining watch, despite me not knowing that it was his dad the entire time. Yeah, all three of us love Scream, so none of us are going to trash talk Scream. And we might, but it not. Yeah. We, we're all going to love that movie. We've talked about Nightmare on Elm Street on here before. We've done Nightmare on Elm Street. We did Freddy's Dead. Freddy's uh, Dead. Two years ago. So here's the, the top three that I keep playing around with. Wishmaster. Okay. <laughs> I'm not touching Wishmaster. Those are West Craven Presents. Chris tried to give me West Craven Presents. West Craven Presents. Dracula 2000. Yeah, he produced it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, that produced... doesn't count, It's though. his baby. Uh, no, it's not. <laughs> it's not Dracula 2000. He's, he's more like the godfather of those. It's like, you know what I mean? Like, it's not really his kid. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I thought you were saying, like, the god, that's yeah. his godfather. He's like, yeah, that's like, Franchise. it was his godfather. Dracula <laughs> <laughs> <Dracula's laughs> so the, the three I've been playing around with are Nightmare on Elm Street. Okay. Serpent in the Rainbow. Okay. And Serpent, Serpent, I actually did watch before people on the stairs. And Cursed. Cursed, we talked about several times doing. So I, I want to like, get rid of Cursed. I would say whether or not, whether we do it next week. We will cover Cursed sometime on this or, podcast. Yeah. Well, if we I do will, Cursed, we're going down in percentages. We are. Yeah, because negative, Cursed has negative 17%, 17%. That's why I don't want to do Cursed. Yeah. Because I was like, I don't want to do three. We got we to keep up in this quality. Three weak Wes Craven movies and one really good one. And be like, that's our Wes Craven month. Unfortunately, we already did People on the Stairs. I think that would have been actually a better pick yes. to, to ramp us uh, into uh, Scream territory. But Dude, I was pushing for Body Bags. Body is Bags that, is, is John Carpenter. No, but Wes Craven's in it, so it's a Wes Craven oh, movie. Okay. He's an actor in it. Directed movie. Whatever. We, he's in it for like a second. Like You can't do that. If you go to Cinema Cult's Facebook page... His I, sister was in it, so we gotta do it. John Landis is in Death Race 2000, but it doesn't mean we're gonna be like... <laughs> that's a John Landis movie. Oh, whatever. That's true. So the two I'm playing around with is Nightmare on Elm Street get to or it. Serpent in the Rainbow. Okay, then just pick I wanna it. put those two out to you guys for you to pick. I've narrowed it down to two. Wait, were you all, me and Hans are going to pick? Yeah, which one? Serpent Hans the Rainbow or Nightmare on Elm Street? Nightmare on Elm Street, unfortunately, I feel like is too much like Shocker. Okay. So you might have to do Serpent in the Rainbow. All right, Serpent in the Rainbow it is. Serpent in the Rainbow it is. So next week, we'll be covering Serpent in the Rainbow. And hopefully that will be uh, better than Shocker. Yeah, I haven't seen it. Actually, I haven't seen it since I was a kid. Okay, I just want to know going in, let you know going into this. Before we watched Deadly Friend, I was like, Deadly Friend's awesome. You guys are going to love it. It was rough. Shocker's awesome. You guys are going to love it. It was okay. I, I was, think Serpent... I, I actually had fun watching Shocker. Oh, I did too, but it wasn't as great as I remember. Yeah. And so now this, I'm starting to trust this legend, my... This legendary horror director, are we going to enjoy it? Now, well, now I'm worried. I'm like, I've hyped it up. I remember Serpent the Rainbow being really creepy. Yeah. It's pretty creepy. It might be kind of on the same level as slow slowness, you know? Yeah. But I think it definitely is on the creepier factor of Wes Craven that we're, we're trying to get to. Well, the only part I remember from the movie is when Bill Pullman's buried alive, and he's like, he's like, "Don't bury me." He's like, "I'm not dead." And then John C. Riley's like, "Quiet, await the neighbors." <laughs> <laughs> that's Serpent and Rainbow. I and am that's super uh, excited now. I am too. So we'll see you next week as we continue Westover with Serpent and the Rainbow. I'm Chris. I'm Matt, and I'm Honto, and we'll see you next time.